welcome to A Bittersweet, the Final Entertainment video game podcast. And today we're going over the highs, the lows, and the never-ending misery of mids from E3 2021. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Dan. If you couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> um, this is very much the impacted COVID year of E3 that we thought we were going to get last year. Yeah. Um, turns out it was this year where there's just really not a lot to talk about here um it's it's gonna be made even worse by the fact that uh, before we get into the 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 bulk of it because we've got a lot to go through even though there's really not a lot to talk about um i'd like to enact a rule if i if i might oh by all means uh the rule is no gameplay no hype (laughs) (laughs) that that's really gonna keep this episode spelt isn't it Okay, yeah, that's... Oh, boy. Um, I'm desperately looking at all my notes thinking, did I actually show any gameplay? But I think it would be okay. Um, we should point out, uh, Michael's a little under the weather with um, hay fever, so it may sound... Uh, we're, we're not super high energy anyway, but uh, he might be even less than that. Yeah, no, I, I am very much not feeling very much with it today. It's... Uh... I don't know what kind of pollen kicks the shit out of me, but whatever kind there is that does that, it's back and it's in full force. And my eyes and my nose are not very cooperative. Um, So that's been a whole lot of fun. Just like E3 segue. Um, Well, actually, it's because we when we were recording our last podcast, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, go listen to if you haven't, uh, the Summer Games Fest, which is like a prelude to E3 was on. And rather worryingly, the game I'm somehow most excited about got announced there and not at E3. So that's a bit... That should kind of tell you where we are sitting at the moment, at least where I'm coming from in terms of my excitement levels throughout E3 weekend. And I feel like we can start there, and (laughs) even though I've just said we're enacting the no gameplay, no hype rule, I know this is your big thing. So let's talk about Jurassic Park Evolution 2, or whatever it's called. Yeah, so... Though there has been a bit of gameplay, um, kind of. Um, so it looks like... I, I remember reading it, actually, in the time when Jurassic, Evolu- Jurassic World Evolution came out the first time around. They were only given 16 months to make that game. They didn't have a lot of time. And I remember reading on a post from like an insider that says the feeling internally at Frontier um, is that they can't patch this game enough to fix it so they're just going to put out their best effort here and fix all the problems in the sequel. Um, and, I mean, it sold well enough. I mean, it's a very popular IP. It came out, um, I think, with about two weeks before um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom came out. So it had a lot of hype. So it did very well, went down very well. So we did get the sequel. And it does look like they're going to fix a lot of the problems um, that were present in that first game in this one. So um, we are getting expanded flying dinosaurs. Uh, we're getting marine reptiles for the first time, so they showed off the uh, Mosasaurus at the end. I imagine we'll get Plesiosauruses and Ichthyosauruses. Um, <laughs> you may need to stop me if I start getting a bit too dino-heavy here, Mike. But, uh, yeah, Surprisingly, get... I actually understood those ones, so carry on. Yay! But, oh, yeah, because the texture went... People, I need to talk to you. I need to do that thing they do in uh, Mitchell's vs. the Machines and just phone round until someone wants to talk to me about dinosaurs, because I was like, Rachel didn't even ex- get excited about the sea low voices. And you were like... <laughs> What's the Seal of Isis? You fell into my trap. That was the joke I was going for. But uh, yeah, Seal of Isis, the first, uh, well, earliest um, scientifically provable dinosaur, which means it's post-proto-dinosaur, 
That's exciting, isn't it? Um, they're also putting in the Amargosaurus, which is the sauropod that looks the most like a Pokemon. So that's cool. Um, and so that they, that's all they've shown off in terms of new dinosaurs, but they're also expanding aviaries. So it's not just one set building that you set down. It looks like we're going to get customizable buildings, a lot more terrain tools. Um, it's going to be... Now, I haven't had it... I can't remember if they've said this is fully canon, or at least it's kind of quasi-canonical. It's set immediately after the end of Fallen Kingdom, which, if you know um, that the end of that film, 12 dinosaurs got loose, and apparently that's going to transform the world for the rest of all time and send us into a Jurassic world, despite the fact those dinosaurs got loose in uh, America, which has a lot of guns. So I don't feel they really would have got that far, but anyway... If we accept that as a premise, um, it looks like part of the game is actually going to be like wrangling wild dinosaurs and then putting them in a park, which is nice. It kind of adds a bit more, um, a bit more of an action slant to the otherwise quite placid management sim. It was in the first game. Um, I'm just excited because I mean it's it's more of my favourite film franchise and games. I really did like the first game. It was. Um, it really helped like going back to it and playing it in the first few months of lockdown really will always have a special place in my heart for just allowing me to do that um but yeah i am super hyped for that even though like you know they're not coming out and rewriting the rule book here and it's not the dinosaur shooting game which at no point during e3 popped up in any franchise whatsoever but yeah i'm pretty sure i'm really going to enjoy this one please please tell me there is a, a side gig in this game where you can sell dinosaur insurance because if if you're if you're reclaiming like lost uh wild roaming dinosaurs then you're like have i I got the snake oil for you (laughs) volcano insurance sorry no (laughs) my hope is it's a bit like the ghostbusters show they come in and just start making up charges i want to do that i'm like oh oh so you had um you had an amargosaurus and an ankylosaurus oh wait no that's uh that's a consognavus. Oh, that's going to charge extra. That is. Oh no, I want to be like a like a really swindly person. They're just going to rip local towns and cities out of all their money for just having some dinosaurs run loose. I could be all for that. And also, they're getting Ian Malcolm. Sorry, she's got a real name. Uh, they're getting Jeff Goldblum and um, uh, 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 Bryce Dallas Howard back to voice their coach as well. I imagine they'll be able to coax Sam Neill and Laura Dern into it as well. It's fine. It's setting up for next year's movie, so I'm excited. Yeah, you think there'll at least be some um, some DLC for that that is very heavily tied into uh, Dominion. For, was it, it is Dominion, isn't it? It is Dominion, yes. I mean, they did get them... I, actually, I don't think... Did they get Sam Neill and Laura Dermot? Because they did the 93 DLC for the first one. I can't remember if they actually got those two back or if they just got very good sound-alikes. They didn't get a particularly good sound-alike for, for John Hammond. He sounded nothing like Richard Attenborough, but there <laughs> we go. Um, they have said there's going to be... Um, a story mode, but then also something they're calling chaos mode, which sounds like we're going to be thrown back into like classic Jurassic Park situations and try to change their outcome. Mm-hmm. Cool. That sounds that sounds neat. It's a new bit of challenge to add on to the other stuff. So that sounds good as well. Um, right, I'm already eating up too much time. Yeah, eating. It's a dinosaur thing. Um, was there anything else of no? I, I admit that's the only thing I actually saw from Summer Game Fest. Um, I, I know there was a lot of Elden Ring thing, but that doesn't sound like my bag. It's very much my bag, though. Uh, and they showed gameplay, so we can talk about it. Okay, uh, cool. 
Yes, yeah, so it's the it's the collaboration between Dark Souls developer from Software and the author of the Game of Thrones books, George R. R. Martin. It is coming out on January twenty first, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I, this wasn't on my radar. I must admit, um, mainly because I think it got announced. I want to say two years ago. I think it was the last E three three twenty nineteen, and we've heard nothing since. And now it's back, which is good. Um, it's looking a lot better than I think it kind of has any right to, considering that it's, you know, these these kind of transcontinental um, uh, collaborations tend not to go very well. I think uh, the Dark Souls developer from software works best when they're just doing their own thing. But I'll be damned if this doesn't look very interesting. Um, it follows very much the Dark Souls formula. You are um, a... A, a, a tarnished, I believe, is the actual name of it, uh, which is basically this um, this kind of knight or kind of like medieval warrior star character who has fallen from grace. I think they if there's there's a lot of interesting inner lore, which I think is the only contribution that George R. R. Martin has had to this because it still looks like a Dark Souls game, which is there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it looks very impressive. There's horse combat. There's open world, which is the first time that From Software have done open world, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, which means, is there going to be some traversal things? That is another question to ask. The combat looks a kind of in the midpoint between Dark Souls and uh, Bloodborne. It doesn't look as quick as Sekiro, which is good because that is one of the highest learning curves in any From Software game. Um, but yeah, this it looks it looks dark, it looks grim, it looks like it's going to actually have more of a baked in story than the uh, feel like. Do you feel like reading a compendium kind of thing <laughs> that you get in in Dark Souls? Uh, Dark Souls has a lot of like lateral store storytelling, which I think is is good and it's very atmospheric. But then you've got a game with this kind of budget after you've just done. You know, you, you've been on a track record of, well, let's see, there's three Dark Souls games. There was Bloodborne and Sekiro. You've done five games on the trot that have been critical darlings. You've probably made a bit of money. You can afford to do something with a bit bigger budget. So, so I'm hoping this game is. It certainly looks it. I was not expecting it to come out this early. Um, January's, I mean, yeah, it's six months away, but that, it looks it looks nearly done. It looks really good. And these games often come out to a very similar level of polish. There's very little wrong with these games. So I have my fingers crossed for this. This wasn't originally on my radar, but I did play the Demon Souls remake. I know that wasn't from software as Blue Point Games, but it got me back in the mood for this kind of game. I'm actually excited. I do want to play it. It is on the list. Right, see, two years turnaround for a George R. R. Martin-related property is quite frankly rapid compared to his usual speed of finishing things. So <laughs> that's not too bad. Yeah, it's just, oh boy, I haven't got time. I've never, I've tried. I, I think I've watched an entire playthrough of um, Dark Souls. I think it was Dark Souls 3, maybe the first one, I can't remember, um, on a YouTube like Let's Play series. But every attempt I've made to play those games has not gone well. So I, uh, I'll, I'll leave you to it, Maggle. I'll uh, let you enjoy that one all, all by your lonesome. Which would be the first George R. R. Martin thing I think you've ever engaged with, as you really didn't get on board with Game of Thrones after I told you it may not be worth it after the ending. Well, this is it. I watched season one, and then it was, and I liked it. Don't get me wrong, but then, mm. but then we saw what happened with the end, and I thought, well, this isn't worth it anymore. Now is it? 
And it's just no. fucking long. Like, I, I can breeze through other series quicker than I can get through an era at a time of uh, Game of Thrones. It's, it's You'd thought that would have been made for me as well, like an overly law-ridden fucking fantasy series, and it just didn't mm-hmm. gel with me. Fair enough. Uh, anything else of note before we get on to E3 proper? Um, this was the first introduction of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is the Borderlands spin-off set entirely in the Bunkers and Badasses, which is a D&D rip-off thing. Uh, no gameplay, no hype. That's all that needs to be said about that. Um, Metal Slug's Tactics um, was also shown off. There was gameplay. It looks it looks like a tactics game with the Metal Slug art style. That's, that's cool if you like Metal Slug, I guess. Who's that for? It, it's hard to say, because... I feel like people who played Metal Slug and people who play tactics games are not the same player. <laughs> no. Like, somebody who enjoys mostly retro arcade-style games and people who enjoy Fire Emblem. Very little crossover. <gasps> wow, that's... <laughs> My God, did not... Like, you're going to be like, oh, next up it's like Farm Simulator Tactics. Like, what the... <laughs> Where does this end? Who needs a Metal Slug Tactics game? That is the dumbest shooter... Kind of by design. Wow, that's... Okay. Um... It can't possibly be worse than Contra Rogue Core, so it's fine. Uh, what else was there? Death Stranding Director's Cut. No gameplay, no hype, but also it, it's just it's just the Ponzi scheme. It's back again. Uh-huh. You can, yep. you can mm-hmm. buy it on PlayStation 5 this time. <laughs> so they can swindle even more people for their money. Fair play. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, years down the line, you find out that game's mining Bitcoin. Like, it would not yeah. shock me in the fucking slightest. Not at all. Um, you never know. There might come a day where I get really bored and go, you know what? Fuck it. I've got five minutes spare. Let's play Death Stranding. And it turns out I'll really like it. You'd never know, though, because I would never tell you. I would never admit freely to enjoying <laughs> that game. Even if I thought it was the greatest game ever made, I wouldn't. I, I, I couldn't really talk about it. I'd have to take, go to my grave knowing full well that I enjoyed that game. That is brilliant. Um, just just to uh, to curb it off, uh, a couple of things to curb off here. Um, if it's a live service game, we're not going to talk about it because like there was like it front ended with a load of shit. Like, oh look at a new Valorant character, and there's going to be more stuff to do with uh, Overwatch, and then we're going to have uh, more Among Us stuff and Call of Duty Warzone stuff. We're not going to talk about it. Those games have released. That is that. I'm not wasting my fucking time. Why? Frankly. I get the feeling we're kind of becoming like the passive version of the Jimquisition, where like we don't play live service games and we don't believe in all the evils of the video games, but we go about that by just ignoring them and not playing them, as opposed to rallying against them and shouting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you if you if you're on board with all the uh, the negative, uh, you know, gamification of games and monetization of games but you don't really want to do much about it we're the place for you absolutely um if you've come for some passive thoughts uh salt and sacrifice it's a sequel to salt and sanctuary i haven't played it i won't be playing this one i'm sure there's people who enjoy it moving on <laughs> uh, they did cool. actually show off more of solar ash um which uh mm. was from the same developer behind hyperlight drifter and it, it looks lovely but i just i don't want to play it it looks really nice and fluid and yeah there's a fucking laser breathing monster in it now but like i don't care i just don't care no i I, it looked visually quite cool 
But I feel like it's going to fit into that same category that Mirror's Edge does. Of like, yes, it looks brilliant, but unless everything is working in tandem at the same time, it's just not going to work. And that's only going to be occasionally, and it will require a lot of skill and time investment to get to that level of playing that game. So eh, that that has PS Plus written all over it. Oh, absolutely. Um, what else happened? We got another look at Back for Blood, which I'm very much looking forward to. Although that did get its own standalone Warner Brothers live stream as well that uh, showed off more of the PvP. And it looks good. I have really not much that much to say about it. If you like Left 4 Dead, it's Left 4 Dead, but with more stuff. There's more right. playable characters. There's an additional system on top of the like the director AI kind of thing. The PvP is there so you can play as all the weird zombies, much like you could um, in the PvP in Left 4 Dead. It's Left 4 Dead 3. It's what this game is. If you liked Left 4 Dead, you're going to like Back 4 Blood. I love Left 4 Dead. This is... This is I'm so annoyed that this is coming out like the same week as another game as well. Um, this is releasing on October 12th this year. I'm all in. I thought it was coming out in in, in May because it was originally slated for May or June, and it didn't come out. It's coming out in October because Halloween cash, I guess. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's still coming. This the, the Summer Games Fest one was very much front loaded with things that inevitably showed up in later conferences so i think i'm just going to double check anything else that didn't show up oh they announced a new um vampire the masquerade game but it's a battle royale they didn't show gameplay so no hype what else do we have oh the anakuris actually looked pretty good um so a bunch of uh, developers from Valve uh, have uh, set off, made their own studio, and it this is a four-player cooperative uh, 70s retro-style shooter um, set on a spaceship overrun with weird-looking aliens. Uh, so this actually looks like another Left 4 Dead game. So if the Left 4 Dead um, template is coming back, I'm happy. Moreover, that is coming to um, Xbox Game Pass on day one as well. So... Even better, I don't even have to pay to play it. Lovely. Oh, I I like the idea of the Xbox Game Pass, but it's my least favorite thing in the world because, my God, the Microsoft conference, right? Just, I know we're not getting there for a second, but Jesus Christ, Microsoft, just put at the start of any given, like, run of trailers you're about to do, just state these are all console exclusives and they're all available day one on the Game Pass. I don't need them to bookend every single fuck-eyed trailer that you're going to play in your conference. It was like they cut, they'd already just cut this up into the separate ones and were just like, yeah. just play them back to back. We were just watching a YouTube playlist, weren't we? That's all we were doing. Essentially, yes. Essentially, yes. Um, cool. Right. Does that mean we're on to Ubisoft? We are, because there's nothing else interesting to talk about from Summer Games Fest. So now we're into Fantastic. E3 proper. Okay, so, um, ten- technically speaking, Ubisoft may make the most amount of games that I currently own. So, um, I was actually quite looking forward to these. Like, I-, I own an Xbox One, but I felt like the Microsoft conference, although it wasn't, it was fairly split, but I felt like this was the year they're going to really start pushing the Series X. And uh, I- Nintendo was obviously very hopeful. So, this one I was going in with slightly high expectations. Um, I think it was on balance... It might have been my favourite. Like, it held my attention the most, I think, of all the conferences. Um, not that there was anything, like, you know, massive that got announced, other than one at the end that we really want to dig into uh, when we get to that. But, uh, yeah, I feel like this was 
for me at least, I think this was the most consistent of the uh, conferences that I watched. Consistency is definitely the word, because I don't feel that it was particularly great. But you can't argue with the the amount that they showed for each game feeling like the right amount. Um, mm. Mainly because, uh, the thing is, it did front-end its hour with um, 20 minutes entirely on Rainbow Six Extraction. And as somebody who has not played Rainbow Six Siege, I could not be less interested. Uh, I, 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 I agree. Like, Siege sounds like a great idea, but as we're both primarily solo game guys like it's it's something i feel like i'm just not going to get the most out of i wish this had come out when i was you know 15 16 had everyone was on playstation network every single night then it would have been a fucking blast but uh alas uh no i think it looked pretty cool um and they did say it can be it's one to three players so i feel like unlike siege which really does need you to have online connection and people to play with i feel like you could do this solo but I'm the same boat. I've never played a Rainbow Six game, and unless this comes out with seriously good reviews, I don't know if I'm going to break that duck, but I, I think it at least looked interesting. They weren't just being lazy and slapping zombies onto Siege, which they could have easily done, done it as a DLC pack and made a lot of money, but it does seem to like have a certain amount of, like, the, the enemy variety looks pretty good, and the kind of, and the story that they're they're going with seems at least slightly interesting. Well, it's interesting because this is, um, as far as I'm aware, this was actually a, it's a because it's a spin-off of of uh, Siege. It carries mm. like if there is a story, it carries on from that. But it's from an event they did where they had put all like weird alien zombie shit in there oh. as just kind of like a timed event, and they've used that as a springboard to make this game. Um, like I say, look mechanically, I can't really pick anything apart from it design wise it looks fine it's just it's it's a fucking ubisoft shooter and that those really haven't been great since far cry blood dragon so like mm. i mean four you could argue but like properly like world breaking the last good one was far cry 3 and far cry 3 blood dragon uh, it looks fine it's launching on september 16th for those who are interested it looks like it's using a lot of the mechanics from siege so a lot of the same uh, weapons, they've uh, introduced a lot of the different ways of... So so all of the... Op I think they're called operatives. Uh, all of the different operatives have their own little special skill, which is true in Six, uh, Six Siege as well. Um, allowing you to like, barricade up walls or burst through them or have like little remote control drones to scope shit out. And yeah, it, you know what? In terms of if you're going to do a weird zombie spin-off do it with some at least a vision in mind and it looks like they've got a vision so i'm sure there's an audience for this i'm sure there are people who were really excited to see that it ain't us but i'm sure it's good yeah yeah it wasn't a bad start and i can see why they would front load it because i mean siege has just made them so much money to become an esport all to itself so fair play you know where you what's hot and to be fair, they then kind of settled into a bit more. There's a there's a, a middle chunk of this. There's a lot of like DLC, and here's what's coming to our upcoming game. So at least they put a big exciting thing at the front. Um, I would like to talk about Rocksmith, but the only note I made was Rocksmith, and then I moved on. Um, I think I just <laughs> forgot to go back and make notes. Um, it <laughs> as someone who the last time I tried to learn guitar, I was using a VHS to try and teach me. 
Um, I I feel like this actually looks pretty on the surface. This looks pretty good and pretty useful. And I saw a few people come out afterwards who have previously used Rocksmith and says, oh, this looks like it's going to solve a lot of positive life problems and can actually like teach them to get better at guitar and bass playing. I don't know if it's, it's necessarily great for starters, but it's a lot of investment to, to put in if it's not going to work for you. You know what I mean? Like you, you're yeah. putting a pretty big bet down, a pretty good chunk of change to go out and buy a guitar and the game. And you've got to have a smartphone to boot for the the app to work. That's a lot of investment. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I want to get on board with it. I really do. Well, I don't know but... whether it's smart or not that this is not necessarily a traditional gaming, so more that it's a subscription service. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's quite genius or fucking horrible. I can't tell which it is. I am. I mean, neither camp. I didn't play the original Rocksmith. I know people like it, but had some issues with it. And I already have enough subscription services, you know, mm. like, and I feel like, especially now every publisher wants to have its own subscription service. So Ubisoft have, is it, it's literally called Ubisoft plus or is it something else? Um, is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft play? They ha- they advertised it right at the end, and I yeah. switched off. Um, but yeah, so Ubisoft have got their own. EA have their own, but also they offer it inside the Game Pass. There's the Game Pass. There's PlayStation Now. There's Nintendo Switch Online. Not also to count Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation Plus. Uh, there's more than that. I'm sure there's more than that. Um, so, like, it's another one. So if you... What I'd be interested to see is that if you already own the Ubisoft subscription service, do you also own Rocksmith, or do you have to buy do you have to buy the Ubisoft subscription service and then Rocksmith subscription service to play this game because that would be ass fucking backwards. Yeah, I agree. Like this is what I'm saying. Like without proof, it's something I'd love to go to someone's house who's got both Agitar and this game because I'm starting from zero. And that's a bit weird. I feel like if you've got a bit of a, um, you know, the, the efficacy of it being a subscription service aside, if you've already got a good footing in guitar, but you want to take it to the next level, I could see this being quite useful. But I, I don't know if it's for me, because admittedly, that VHS was quite useless. At least this has some interactivity, so you can easily go back, you know, you can set levels, and, you know, it looks like it is the type of way I would like to learn. But the, the VHS tape with it, you're like, right, this is an A chord. Bloom. That's it. Then we get on. We go. Bloom. And okay. Now just follow me. Real near, real near, real near, real near. Um. Well, actually, can you go back to? And then uh, I sold my guitar for twenty quid uh, about two weeks later. Much to the chagrin of my parents, they were overjoyed that I'd taken that financial decision. But there we are. Anyway. Um. Yeah, that was the only note I made on that. But uh, keeping in the games with R's in the title, Riders Republic sure does look like a jack-of-all-trades master of fuck-all game. <laughs> it's Steve that decided to fucking have a summer <laughs> off, isn't it? It really... I said this, like, Steve... It, it just seems like that, but they've added bikes. And Steve really struggled to hold my attention. I actually think I have more... This has more promise. Because I think snowboarding and skiing, because of just the very nature of their setup being quite linear and you can't really generate your own momentum you've got to you know stick to all these things 
I feel like the BMX part of this would be a lot more fun than I found Steep to be. But yeah, I mean, Steep really fell on its ass. I don't know how they had the um, the kind of uh, the what's the word I'm looking for the momentum that they felt necessary and the confidence to take this forward and well to be fair it's not steep too so maybe that was why they was like okay steep didn't really work because people don't turns out really don't care about snowball unless it's ssx tricky so let's add literally everything other than cars to this game and see if that works it is just a, a car away from being gta isn't it all of these things yeah. you can do in gta 5 like it looked fun but much like steep PS Plus written all over it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That 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 thing's going to be 20 quid after two weeks and then free after a month. Like, there's no 100%. point in buying this game. 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll play it when it's free, but yeah. I'm not paying money for this. Readers have got the ideal, I'm round a friend's house and they've got it type of game. To bomb around for 10 minutes on your little BMX doing some silly stunts, that seems quite fun, but... I just don't know if it's going to hold my attention for a whole, like, 10-hour-plus game. And that means I'm just not willing to buy it with my own money. If it comes to me for free, I'll check it out. But, yeah, Steep, I think, lasted two hours. So, eh, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's the same. Well, you know, it's a master, a Jack of all trades, master of fuck all. Steep only had two sports in, and that didn't really work. In this, there's, right, cycling, snowboarding, skiing, jetpack people um yep. paragliding yeah but strapping a fan to your ass and yeah. running off a cliff was one of uh-huh. them i feel like i saw they're not motorbikes they're bikes with like rockets attached to them mm. i guess they were just anti-engine all right um but yeah it just looks like this it had the feeling of one of those like this is going to be all hype coming out of e E3, and then it, you see it on the PlayStation Store on sale and go, oh, fuck, I didn't even know that was out. Yeah, it's oh. going to be one of those. Mm-hmm. All of the driving, none of the vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, this would have been a good time to kind of put that out. Racing, there was one big racing game in the Microsoft conference, but other than that, there was actually a quite a lack, and considering that we're at the start of a console generation i thought we'd be overloaded with racing games and yet Certainly there was... were when ps4 started weren't we yeah exactly so i i was kind of expecting that but now this was somehow like 50 percent of the like the big name ones to come out so strange um but I, I i've gotten my next note is on like the dlc for valhalla did, did anything else come out before that Okay, here's one sentence on Just Dance 2022. Oh, God. That sentence is, I don't know who Todrick Hall is. And moving on. (laughs) No idea. I mean, they seem like we should know, but um, I mean, you texted me when it came up on the Nintendo conference, like, oh, it's not E3 until you've seen the Just Dance commercial, is it? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I can't believe we're using Just Dance as this, like... The thing is, they didn't do what they normally do, which... You know, they normally dedicate like a full five minutes to just getting every poorly dressed twat in the audience to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they did, they couldn't do that this year because everyone was remote, which was a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord knows what they're going to do for the big return of live events when uh, everybody oh, gets crap. the head out of their ass. They're going to pack. They're literally going to pack the entire audience with dancers. 
just so they can have a just dance like blow off like you've never seen before. But yeah. yeah. Just like like seeing those Coca Cola trucks at Christmas, it just doesn't feel right until you've seen it at E three. Like you don't care, but you're like, oh, it's not going to be right if they don't do an overly <laughs> elaborate thing for Just Dance. Where's Jason Dorallo? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, you'll find no bigger defender of AC Valhalla than me. Really enjoyed that game. Put far too many hours into it, but my God, does their DLC offering look vanilla as shit? Like, it's it's just it's not doing what DLC, what good DLC should do. It's just more of the same. Like the 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 Irish one is out now, and that just looks like a slightly greener version of what we were playing beforehand. And then you're gonna go to Paris, but it's not like today Paris. It's medieval Paris, so it's just gonna look like London looks in this game. I. Really wish they'd done something a bit more elaborate. Now, they did tease they're doing more with the kind of mythological side of things. Because you haven't played Valhalla, have you? I haven't, no. There is, like, a whole side quest. One of the biggest positives of the game, actually. There's a there's a side quest in your base camp. There's, like, a vision quest that I ignored for a while, thinking, oh, it's just going to be, like, a little fetch quest or something. There is an entire, like, good, I'd say, six to eight hours of that game in these little side missions where you as playing as Odin, like they, it's, it, you still look like Eivor, but he is Odin and you're meeting Loki, you're meeting Thor, you're meeting all these people and they're doing like, they're doing Ragnarok. I'm like, this was tucked away in a very like nondescript hut at the back of the thing. And it's like a really massive piece of gameplay. I really appreciate that. So if they'd gone down the DLC route with that, I think I'd be more into it because that is a, change up from what there was i i didn't care that much i feel like valhalla's made them a lot of money and i wouldn't be surprised if it's the first one since um ac2 to get a direct sequel it's done that well for them well but... they're doing more dlc aren't they that they're not going directly into a new uh title no. they're doing another round of dlc so hmm. that's as that's as good as a uh, assassin's creed revelation yeah. isn't it that's a good point. I mean, like, it does kind of set it... Oh, where, how did you end that game? Uh, I can't remember. Um, ah, well. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just wish they'd done something a bit more enjoyable, because then I think I'd be well in for it, whereas this just looks like it's adding maybe a few more hours on top of what I've already played, and that's not for me. Well, you know, if... <laughs> If worse comes to worst, if the Paris DLC doesn't have the requisite amount of Parisian ambiance, you could just play Eurovision's uh, French <laughs> Eurovision song in the background. The most French thing that has <laughs> ever happened. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, <laughs> thank you for reminding me of that. It was wonderful. Um, speaking of dodgy DLC practices, um, Far Cry 6, which I am quite excited for, although I think the graphics look a bit weird. They're not just all there, me? are they? I felt like that the first reveal looked really good, uh, which was very obviously a cinematic. And, and yeah. they're, they're showing the in-engine stuff now. And they actually did show... I mean, get, it was without a hood, but it was basically gameplay. Yeah. And, and it, it looks fine, but, like... I thought I, it was going to be a big graphical step up, and it is not. I don't know if the thing is, because, like, the three previous antagonists being... Um, Vast Pagan Min and uh, Joseph Seed 
not being. I mean, they we know what Michael. Oh, what's his last name? The guy who plays Vast looks like now because he's gone on to do more things. But like, I didn't at the time. I don't know if it's just because I know what Giancarlo Esposito looks like, and they haven't. There's something a bit uncanny valley about him that's thrown me off whenever they show him as the bad guy in this. But yeah, the, the graphics are gonna be dodgy. I mean. It's a Far Cry game. I'm going to play it and buy it and enjoy it. But it looks a bit off. They in, they chose to hype it. Because they had a big um, kind of reveal of, you know, the, uh, the first full trailer for this a few weeks ago, separate to this. It really annoys me when, during their main conference, instead of choosing to kind of expand on that, we got a bit of a cinematic that introduced um, Giancarlo Esposito, the, the main bad guy, and kind of his first introduction to the storyline in a... In a cutscene the thing they instead chose to push was the fucking expansion pass the, the game isn't even soft move ever i know it's oh god i uh, i wish i didn't like this company as much as i did i like their games not the company i should stress that but to, to devote like i know it was the middle it was the trough of the conference but that just felt really icky to me like and the dlc looks mad like i'm bring those three villains up because those are the three you're going to be playing as but it didn't really is it like we're going to be exploring their story it looks like there's new dialogue so hopefully it's like their rise to power in those three previous games that had actually that's an example of good dlc that expands the story for three other games great but don't use the middle of your conference to do that when the game isn't even out yet that's it i mean adding far cry 3 blood dragon back to it is great, but I thought they were going to do Far Cry Blood Dragon 2, the teasy bastards. Yeah, that's what they should have done. It feels uh-huh. like it's... Oh, the season pass will include something you've already played. Like, not even, like... It's probably going to be upscale, but, like, not even a remaster or remakes. Just remember uh-huh. that thing. Buy it again. Uh, fucking really? Really? Uh, uh-huh. I, I think this does not bode well for Far Cry 6, because I think... I think especially bringing black, uh, bringing back Blood Dragon, it just makes them look not very confident in Far Cry Six, especially because the character you're playing as, because um, there's two characters on the box. There's uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character, and then his son. I thought you were playing as his son. I thought it was going to be like uh, the thing that you see in all the promotional material is like all the backstory, and then you play mm. as his son in the game. You play as some random woman. Um, who tangentially knows the sun. Yeah. I, I just I just don't have that much faith for it. And considering I didn't buy four or five, even though I think five actually looked pretty good. I mean, New Dawn less so. But five mm. actually looked... I mean, you got to fucking have a bear in that game. That just sounded great. Yeah. Um, this looks like this might not be great. I, I don't have a lot of hopes for it now. I, I did Fair before, enough. but no, I don't. See... I really like 4. I think 5 is a bit of a back step from 4. Um, and the less said about New Dawn and Primal, the better. Um, but there we go. It's still not... We're still some... Maybe even like 10 or 12 years removed from that bloody um, poll they did about what you want to see our next Far Cry game be. And Dinosaurs winning an absolute landslide and it's still yet to be fucking done. I don't think I'm ever going to get my dinosaur shooting game, am I, Michael? Probably not. God damn it, I thought this was my year. Uh, cool, right. Shall we move on to the world's most baffling game series? Well, the, the Mario and Rabbids one? Yes. 
Yeah, this got a sequel. It did really well. <laughs> Apparently, people really love it. I've not played it. Um, yeah, uh, I just that they, they've very much gone uh, heavy into the Ubisoft with this, haven't they? Yeah. Oh God. I feel like I hate the rabbits regardless, but at least the first one was set in the Mushroom Kingdom, and the whole point was you were finding rabid versions of Nintendo characters, the classic Nintendo characters. This one, it's like straight away, not in the Mushroom Kingdom, not even remotely the same designs as last time. Here are the core cast. We put more rabbits into them. We've crossbred the rabbits with the Loomis. Hey, look, new and interesting original rabbits characters. I don't fucking give a shit. <laughs> now, as we sometimes have to point out, we are fully aware that we are not the target demographic for this game. We're not, but also, like, we do buy Mario games, and, like, they are aimed well, at families, and we still buy them. That, but I mean, the more thing, the, the bigger thing is, so you can bind Rabbids, which, okay, they're like, what, F-tier bloody Minions clones from Ubisoft, alright, with Mario, and the medium you decide to choose for that, for the kids, for the youth, was a fucking, like, XCOM ripoff, like... Are the kids into tactical shoot, grid-based shooters? I mean, the kids are into a lot of things. Um, I mean, you, the, the fact that I think Among Us turned up in everybody's uh, everybody's uh, live streams this year tells yeah. you we don't necessarily have to listen to the kids. They don't always know what's no. good for them. That, I still haven't played Among Us. I feel like it's just... It's just a, like a shitty art version of the werewolf games. Speaking of which, um, they showed off a, a, a fucking movie trailer of all things for oh, yeah. for Werewolves Within. The trailer in which they openly admit that the game it's based off, no fucker played. What was that about? I have no idea. It's based on a 2016 VR game and they've made a very budget looking movie about it. Christ alive, like, they were proud of this. They decided that needed to go in their E3 conference. That and Mythic Quest, which come... Now, that's actually somehow managed to get good reviews. I thought Mythic Quest had bombed, like, but apparently it got, like, good reviews, so maybe I do need to go and check it out, but every clip I've seen from it, and we're both always Sunny fans, but every clip I've seen from it is, like, pulling teeth. I'm like, this is not... They're, they're... Hopefully they're picking the worst jokes. Because they're saving all the the good stuff, or maybe like it's so like filthy, like always studies they can't put it in the conference, otherwise everything has to be eighteen rated. Who knows? But... I watched like three episodes, and there is one uh-huh. very good character, and then the rest just feels a bit forced. Right. But again, I only got three episodes in, so maybe it's good. They got a second season, so like yeah, maybe it's quite good. We don't know. Um. Talking about things that have gotten sequels, um, the Avatar movies are a thing. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> this, th- I thought that, I take it back, Mario and Rabbids is not the most baffling game series in the world at the moment. It was for about 30 seconds. This game, okay. Okay, first of all, no gameplay, no hype, but continue. But uh, that being said, like... If this was 10 years ago, I would have been all over this. Genuinely believe that. Yep. This game is 
10 years late on two fronts. One, Avatar, which although technically is now once again the highest grossing film of all time because they re-released it in China to get it over Endgame. Fucking cheated is what they did. I know. It has left zero cultural impact whatsoever. Yeah, outside of being the, the movie that like legitimised 3D for about 12 months. Yeah. And then that was it. Its biggest impact like that it has left in the decade since it came out was a pretty cool land at Animal Kingdom. That's about it. Yeah. So, that. Um, and, again, it feels 10 years too late because everybody's doing third-person RPGs in a lush environment where you can ride animals and have to dig and forage and craft things and fight with a bow and arrow against an oppressive force. That's 99% of my game shelf at the minute. So, <laughs> yeah. it really does feel like white noise because, I mean, what about this is going to be better than fucking Breath of the Wild, all the Assassin's Creed games that have come out recently, Horizon Zero Dawn, and so on and so on. There's even new ones there, and it's later on in E3 that look better than this. But, that being said, like, that world, that world of Animal Kingdom is really impressive. And the world of Avatar is ripe for this type of thing. It is definitely too late for, for it to really be groundbreaking. But, as a man who's played basically every Ubisoft third-person action RPG they've made, I kind of want to play this. Of course you do. Of course you uh, fucking a, do. I know, Michael. You, you were right to judge. That being said, you didn't like... I was about to call it Gods and Monsters. You didn't like Immortal Phoenix Rising, so... I didn't like Immortal Phoenix Rising. I didn't that... like Watch Dogs either. That's yeah. a good point. And Immortals is like the most Ubisoft game there is. And and, the, and described by you as the most Darren Cartridge game ever made. Yeah. Um. But okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But like, because he's such like a. I went back and rewatched it within like the last six months. It's still pretty good. Like it's pretty basic. Like it's it's just blue po like blue poker hunters. But the the world in which they did it, and this is what like it's actually Animal Kingdom more so than the film itself that's getting me excited for this because it's like once you're in that world, it is like. Other than uh, Galaxy's Edge, it's probably now the most, like... Oh, and maybe Harry Potter. It's the most immersive, like, theme park land I've ever been in. And, like, the amount of, like, all the th all the fauna, all the animals, all that stuff, all the mythology, all the stuff that's tacked onto it. I think if it's... Put it this way, if they put this out, I would have... And it wasn't, like, you know, based on an IP that we already knew. I'd be like, well, they're just kind of trying to... They've already done their Breath of the Wild rip-off. This is their Horizon Dawn rip-off. I'd still be excited for it. So, there's that. And I mean, makes sense. I think the Avatar sequel is meant to come out next year, I think. Supposedly, but we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, true. So, I, I against all the... I really wanted to just blow this off immediately, but... And again, no gameplay, no hype, but... I'm kind of intrigued, and I hate myself. I really do. But if they get this I'm out before the second film, that will truly be the funniest fucking thing <laughs> that they get. Yeah, right. They, they <laughs> plan to get this and a PlayStation Three game out before they got Avatar Two out. Wait, so this isn't the first Avatar game? Oh no, Darren. There was one on the PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Was it bad? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, oh yeah, Avatar Two scheduled for. Uh... 2022 and i think haven't they like lord of the rings it where they film like 
that and two more sequels all together so they can release in like 22, 23, 24. Supposedly, but I, I'm convinced that those films are built on the same Ponzi scheme that Death Stranding is, so, you know. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. Right, I think that's everything I had for Ubisoft. Yeah. I know that's everything I had for Ubisoft. Right, we're going to move swiftly on to Microsoft then, and we're going to start off, uh, they started off with Starfield, and of course the confirmation that after Deathloop, all Bethesda games are now Xbox console exclusive. Um <sighs> That's a baller move. I, I mean, you don't spend $7.8 billion on a company and not have it exclusive. I agree. I, I, I thought they would go down the timed exclusive route where, because they know they're going to make a lot of money off them, wouldn't say put them on. You have that for the first year. And you've essentially then, I know they're going to be slightly more live service these time around where they're going to expand it with DLC packs and stuff. They won't just be standalone like Skyrim was. But I felt like after the year, you've done most of your sales on your on your native console. Why not put it on PS5 and make a bit more money off the back of that? Because it would still sell really well. You'd get a second like peak of the sales numbers. But maybe they're seeing, because like, as we speculated, they're seeing it's more important for it to be a console seller than for the games themselves to be individually like financially successful. Like, you know, more so than they would be just being on the Xbox. Pretty much. Um, it is very much a case of um, I don't think they would be doing this had the Game Pass not been a roaring success. I think if they had purchased Bethesda and the Game Pass was was less populated, then it would be a case of right if we can't if we can't be the dominant platform, we will you know like moss grow on every other platform, much like what they've done with the Nintendo Switch and releasing like. Um, like Ori and the Blind Forest and obviously Minecraft is on everything which they also own but you get the idea like they would go on all the other platforms now they've got the beauty of not having to compete directly with Nintendo by just like publishing their games on that platform and hey you can play an Xbox game on a Nintendo platform whilst with their big budget shit with the stuff they spent the most money on basically trying to drive Sony off the face of the map by going right that third-party studio, that's ours now, and it will never be on PlayStation again. So it's a shame that, like, having... The thing is, Bethesda games, much like Ubisoft games, are all of a similar quality. Um, I say similar quality, ranging between some of the best games ever made and total dog shit. Um, so not really much of a similar quality. No. Um, <laughs> after I'd said that... It's quite was... quite the exact opposite of um, what you said. Yeah, yeah, um... Uh, yeah okay well i'll put it this way most of the games look like skyrim anyway so what does it matter um yeah, true. <laughs> but like you couldn't like the amount of money they spent you couldn't not do this and i think mm. i think by saying you, you know starfield being that game that is it's bethesda's first new ip in about two generations like that's directly mm. made by Bethesda Game Studios, not like shipped out to like Arcane or something like that. That that's like, you know, there's there's Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and this, and that's like the big boy one. And going, that's only on Xbox now. That's a big deal. Um, they've set the release date for the 11th of November, 2022. I don't don't think it'll it'll hit it. To be honest with you. I no, don't know how not. long this game's been in development. Um, they they obviously talk in great platitudes about how well things are going. But, like, as we've seen, 
COVID had basically just put everything back a year. I don't think this would have been releasing this year. I think this was releasing in 2022 last year, and you can expect it in 2023. But we'll see. Um, no gameplay, no hype on Starfield, so we'll move swiftly on. Mm-hmm. Um, Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl. It was in-engine. So, I mean, they've called it an official gameplay trailer, but I didn't see much gameplay going on. No. Uh, I never played a Stalker game, so there's that. I I'm mean, surprised, but me neither. Yeah, shock. But, yeah, post-apocalyptic games are dime a dozen of them. And this one didn't really do much that made it stand out. It looked pretty, but that's becoming a more and more redundant sentence as we get onto, you know, well into the next generation of consoles that's not really going to be a deciding factor i feel looked fine feels like the ideal thing to put second in your conference so you make a slight big deal out of it but not that much yeah it'll have a bunch of uh very uh very uh vocal fans but it's not like it's not as as big as what they would have wanted to do so like you said the best second place for a conference uh, we moved on to showing more back for blood which we've already talked about they announced they didn't even show a fucking cinematic for contraband they just went here's a here's a game that we're maybe working on it's from the people who bought you just cause and that's it that that was that was literally it mm-hmm. now I, I like games my bay avalanche like the just cause games are good but i have nothing to go on here no, I think. Well, there was not wasn't there like that. They revealed the tra- the title via like a little bit of a cinematic, but that was about it. Yeah, it was like sixty seconds of just, you know. And I thought it was yeah, building up nothing. to it was like a, a, a something was being bought back, but no, it's a new IP. Cool, but like maybe introduce us to the world and not just like go through a garage and then go here's the title and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit lame, wasn't it? It was a bit. So uh, no cinematic, no hype. Uh, sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life in what has got to be the easiest uh, brand integration I think I've ever seen now I'm not saying this is like the ultimate metric of what worked and what didn't but uh, Rachel was sat next to me for the entirety of the Microsoft conference and the only thing that made her look up from her book was this and she was like what's Sea of Thieves I was like oh it's like a pirate game um it's only on xbox though she had to remind me that we do own an xbox one because <laughs> apparently i completely forgot I was like, oh yeah so uh might begin sea of thieves uh who knows um so, so i mean yeah it, it's 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 easy but i mean they got um they've gone back to be jack sparrow for a few lines so that's interesting looks cool enough i i i feel like everyone was Sea of Thieves is like uh, No Man's Sky, where it came out and I was a bit like, hmm, but I think on the background it's kind of been built up to be a better game now than it ever was when it first came out. So yeah, maybe I should dive in with this. <laughs> dive in. Dive in. <laughs> maybe we should play this together because it's very much based on the back of co-op. And, uh, oh, okay. Because I, I, I remember when I got my £80 Xbox, one of the best bargains I've ever got. Um I booted it up. I, I I loaded into the world after making my character. I was like, oh, okay. So these are the controls. Off I go. Uh, oh, look, there's three people over there. And then I was immediately shot in the head. Oh. So um, it's not particularly kind to people who are fresh to the game. So 
won't be checking that out without someone to play with it. It's not like No Man's Sky in the sense of there's fuck tons to do on your own. Like No Man's Sky is right. one of the easiest recommendations for for anybody at the minute. It's really fucking good now. Um, anyway, that wasn't in the conference. Moving on. Uh, Halo Infinite. No, no, that wasn't the next. Should we just talk about Halo Infinite? Might as well. I've never played a Halo game, so my uh, input may be quite scarce here. Yeah, um, it, it certainly looks like a good Halo, and uh, that's all I really have to say about it. It is releasing holiday this year. They didn't give a specific date. The multiplayer is going free to play, uh, so they're very much leaning into the same model that Call of Duty is doing. So that's that's fairly smart, I feel. Um, obviously, you'll be able to get most of these games on on Game Pass. I don't, I don't think there's very many in this this conference that weren't coming to the game pass uh but halo 3 halo 3 um <laughs> halo infinite it looks it looks really good i think it just looks mechanically sound once more i, I feel like halo 5 and 4 really kind of veered off the path this looks like it's going to be a little bit of a course correction especially for the multiplayer uh, as they've taken out sprinting which was not what halo was about um they didn't really show much of the campaign. I feel like that was their big reveal last time, and it didn't go down very well because it didn't look great. I, I expect to see this again before launch with a big graphical overhaul for the uh, for the, the the main campaign. But uh, yeah, it's Halo. It's going to sell really well. It looks pretty good. Maybe it'll be great. Who knows? Now I've remembered I've have a, I have an Xbox One. I feel like I've said this before on the podcast. I really do feel I need to check out the Master Chief collection. Oh, yeah, definitely. The old games are still good. They're still really, really good. Lovely. Um, yeah, I... Great. I mean, I'm, I am genuinely excited for those who enjoy Halo because this does look really good. I like that it takes its story seriously. Like, they didn't front load this with just... I mean, they did with the multiplayer, but you're going to have to do that. They have the faith in the story to hook people in. That's a sign of... that's. You know, I know it's like their big killer franchise, but that's a good sign at the very least. Um, means I know something happens to Cortana, which I hadn't previously known, but slight spoiler, I guess, but that's my fault for not playing the previous, what, 10 other games there is. Um, I mean, it's been around did... 20 years, so you know. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, oh, we skipped a bit, didn't we? So, I, I, in a sentence, Battlefield 2042 looks fucking insane. It also doesn't have a story mode. No, uh, they they know they don't need to build those anymore. It's kind of the sad truth, really. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that aside, looks truly fucking mental. I mean, I have always preferred the Battlefield games to Call of Duty in almost every iteration, um, although I did not play Battlefield 5. Um, but this looks like it could get the tentacles back into me. 128 player battles. So that's pretty fucking cool. I'm just going to be so useless in that. I'm going to get my head... Because, like, Play as a medic, so that's what I think. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I could be helpful in a different way. Um, but yeah, I, I looked at that and thought, there's just thousands of opportunities for people to kill me in this. And I die pretty quickly in most shooters. So, yeah, but did look mental. And my God, I wish they'd apply this level of, like insanity to like battlefront 2 i played it when it was free on playstation plus was fine but it didn't look anywhere near as mad as this is that'd be 
really something to pay attention to if they ever put this level of uh, craziness into a Star Wars game. Oh yeah, that'd be um, absolutely immense. That'd be really cool. Um, I mean, it's a graphical showcase if nothing else because it looks very good. Um, yeah. But yeah, fingers crossed. I, I would like to try it. I hope they do like a beta test um, so that we can try that mm-hmm. out because I, I just want I want to see if the uh, you know the insanity that they show in the trailer is really indicative of all the matches because if it is, that's awesome. <laughs> if it isn't, maybe I'm less interested. Yeah, I get that. It's it's again as solo players, it's quite integral for us. But there we go. Um, we could enjoy such solo gems as Twelve Minutes, which they really front loaded with actors for some unknown reason, but it looks mildly intriguing. It does. Um, it's not an exclusive. This will be coming to other platforms, but uh, ah, okay. James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe are the voice cast for this. So again, all names you've heard of. Um, it looks fairly interesting. I actually think I will play this one. But yeah, I've already seen it once. I think I don't want to see any more because I don't want to spoil myself. It does feel like it's going for a very psychological horror thing. And I I really just want to play it for myself. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Is that the gameplay? Do you think it takes place all from a bird's eye view? It seems to be. Like, it's a very artistic indie game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is a top-down view the whole time. Um what if G- what if old school GTAs took place entirely inside a tiny New York apartment? Um, <laughs> didn't know I needed the answer to that question, but there we are. There we are um, indeed. It comes out August 19th, by the way, so not very long for that one. No. Now, this won't surprise you. Can you guess the game I saw during this conference? I thought, I just wouldn't get on with that. Psychonauts 2? Of course it's Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm starting to realise I complain about this game isn't for me. A lot when we talk about video games. I really need to expand my scope, but just watching it, I was like, this isn't for me. I feel like this is for you, but it isn't for me. I played the first one back on the PS2, like way back when, and thought it was fine. The voice cast are really good, and they managed to get pretty much all of those guys back. Uh, it comes out on August 25th, so it is very close to re- releasing as well. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Outside of Crash, uh, the the uh, platformer revival has not been great. You know, we had no. we had Ukulele, which was very rough around the edges. Admittedly, I haven't played the Spyro Reunited trilogy, so I don't know about that. I don't really get... I like them enough, but I don't fantastically get on with the Oddworld reboot. I, I think they're very well made. But I, I much prefer the PlayStation 1 games, which is just weird to say out loud. And uh, the less said about Balan Wonderworlds, the better. <laughs> yeah, that was... That looked like a misfire from get-go. But, yeah, Psychonauts is, like, held up in a lot of, like, esteem. I'm surprised it took this long to get a sequel out, but... Double Fine have always been a bit of a weird game company, but... Alas, right. Are you ready to spaff? Let's spaff. It's Forza Horizon time. Oh, boy. I mean, I think we missed a couple of ones before that, but Forza oh, Horizon... Oh, did we? Sorry. Uh, we'll do quickfire, shall we? Um, Fallout mm. 76 is getting more stuff, and nobody cares. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Uh, the Elder Scrolls Online apparently has 18 million players. I've not met one. Nope. <laughs> Party Animals is gang beasts, but everyone's a furry. 
Right, I, I thought that was Gang Beast 2. Is that by the same company? I would be interested to find that out, and that's what I'm going to look up now. Uh, let's find out. Rachel said, what's that? The only other thing to make a look up from the book. And I was like, oh, it's uh, it looks like Gang Beast. I imagine it's just Gang Beast 2. Party Animals is Gang Beast with the four adorable funny... Yes, I know that, but is it from the same studio? Take a look. It is from Recreate Games. Let's see if they also made Gang Beasts. They did not. That is a new studio. Bastards. Blue's just the same game, isn't it? Exactly the same game. Like, I'm surprised copyright infringement hasn't already come down like a sack of fucking potatoes on these people. <laughs> yeah, Gang Beast was made by Coatsink and uh, Recreate Make uh, Party Animal. It's the same fucking game. <laughs> the exact same game. Oh, man. Oh, you, you got to feel sorry for the people at Coatsink, right? Surely. Right. Poor bastards. Do you think Microsoft uh, tried to buy them out and they said no? So they just made a game to spite them? Like when uh, uh, Facebook tried to buy Snapchat, Snapchat said no, and then two weeks later, Instagram stories. <laughs> yeah, literally that, isn't it? Uh-huh, 100%. Um, Hades is coming to multi-platform. Uh, it's no longer going to be confined to just PC and the Switch. It's coming to Xbox, uh, PS4 and PS5 as well. Really want to play that but just feel it's above my skill level yeah i'm just worried the thing is it's from super giant and i love bastion i thought transistor was really cool and i'm looking mm. at it and i'm seeing like when it when it won game of the year over games like last of us 2 and you think fuck me this has got to be incredible right and i have precisely no time to sink into it because i'm busy playing catch up on the rest of my catalogue like i haven't finished the last of us 2 i haven't even started ponzi scheme ps4 um i wonder if i get the ps5 version for free hopefully i do that'll be good more ponzi scheme more pixels um crash bandicoot 4 i haven't finished that demon souls nowhere near finished with that yeah, no, I... You I, love Crash. I, I do love Crash, but I didn't finish 4. I'll tell you for why. I restarted it on the PS5 version. <laughs> oh, you silly shit. Shouldn't have done that. Have you got to the Neo Cortex levels yet? Yeah, not a fan. Really not They're not the fan. most torturous thing in the entire goddamn game. At least I'm not doing the fucking... Oh, what, what are they called? The ones where it's like... Oh, what are they called now? The, the, the levels oh. where all the art style changes for no seemingly good reason oh um oh i know which one you mean yeah i know what you mean the uh the warped levels something like that something like it? that um yeah, yeah. <laughs> that when it's cortex no thank you oh good god no no thank you uh somerville was a game that looks suspiciously like limbo and outside and i wouldn't be surprised if it's from the same studio i'm not going to look it up because i'm just not that interested um yeah i mean did you have anything to say about somerville <laughs> take a random stab at that michael i'm guessing no diablo 2 resurrected yeah. do you like diablo 2 it's back in new form it looks the fucking same plague tale requiem mm. actually to be fair i do need to play a plague tale um so so this this could be interesting. I've heard that there's some fantastic rat physics in this game. <laughs> Genuinely, like, I, I think there is some really good, like, animations when it comes to the animals in this game. So I've heard really good things. 
I have I mean, not played it because look at everything else coming out. No rat erotica, no hype. No, I agree. No rat erotica, no hype. Uh, <laughs> they showed more Far Cry 6. They showed Slime Rancher 2. They showed Shredders, just to really nail in the fact that Steep didn't work. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Shredders have the most ugly fucking logo you've seen all E3? Oh, disgusting, right? You know what really sells my game? Uh, it's the same word in two different fonts overlaid. Who thought that it's was like a good took, idea? It's like they took that fucking like heavy metal band logo generator and and like kicked it up to full gear and thought, oh, that's the one for us. Pretty much, yeah. It's fucking strange. They showed a game called Atomic Heart. And no gameplay, no hype, but that looks kind of interesting. Uh, I have zero recollection of that. Of that. Uh, so that was the one where it, it kind of looked like it was going to be like a first-person either shooter or, or beat-em-up or something like that. Uh, but it's the one where you're kicking the shit out of the faceless robot, and then there was that weird like black, um, like black ribbon visor over that woman's face. I'll be honest, oh, it kind yeah. of came and went, but I kind of I perked up at that moment. I was like, I don't know what this is, and I'm, I'm mostly intrigued because of the weird offbeat, like, Europop playing over the uh, the video. Mm-hmm. And okay, that, has, that does ring a slight bell, but yeah, it didn't live long in the memory either way. Didn't particularly. Now, Replaced actually looks kind of cool. Uh... Swear Darren doesn't remember Replaced. Uh, huh. Uh, nope, that doesn't bring a believer. So it was the one, it kind of looked like, it was a very cyberpunk style, but all the characters were like quite detailed sprites, but the world was 3D. Right. <laughs> None of this is ringing a bell today. <laughs> okay, moving the fuck on. Uh, Sorry. That's uh, Do you like no. uh, Grounded? Because there's more of it. Oh, that's the hoodie I shrunk the kids game, right? That's the one. Right, okay. That had a weird... This is when we got two, like, quirky trailers back-to-back for this and The Outer Worlds 2. Mm. That, that, that I was like, okay, we're late in the game with these trailers now in this conference. Let's not try and be fucking cute and whimsical about them, shall we? Yeah, especially The Outer Worlds 2 one, when that's like the epitome of no game, no hype. Because they were trying yeah. to go, oh, we haven't even finished the reveal yet. I'm like, don't fucking do the reveal then. <laughs> All right, Icarus, don't fly too close to the fucking Zuma <laughs> Oh, God. The, okay, this is the weirdest one. The one that came directly after they did um, Outer Worlds, where Dara went to sleep because it was JRPG time. Oh, yeah. But they did, like, it was, it's, I think it's called Ayaden Chronicle. Um, they did Ayaden Chronicle 100 Heroes. And they, they got to the end of the announcement. They were like, right, that's coming in 2023. I was like, wow, okay. So we'll be hearing about this for a while. And then they immediately oh, announced a spin-off. <laughs> like, wow. What the fuck is this? So they're doing like um like a Metroidvania spin-off for the JRPG they're making. <laughs> and they're releasing the spin-off next year before the main thing comes out in 2023. I don't understand the business model. Are you sure they're not owned by Ubisoft? Because then I do understand the business model. I mean, yeah, that would make more sense, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. No, if it was, yeah, if it was JRPD, I have zero recollection of that happening, so... 
it's by choice this time though not ignorance because the weird thing is like i i thought that was the first time we were seeing that game but just looking at the top thing for on google where the headline from ign is uh, Iron Chronicles 100 Heroes delayed to 2023 new spin-off announced. I'm like, I don't remember either of these fucking games. Nope. <laughs> What's the other one called? Um, oh, so there's Iron Chronicle 100 Heroes and then Iron Chronicle Rising, which is the spin-off. I'm very confused. I'm very like, you could have you could have made that up because there's only like ten subtitles available to video games. Requiem, Remastered, Revitalized, uh, Deluxe, um, yeah, Rising, Consequences, Rising, <laughs> Consequences, uh, Re- Revelations, and so on. Uh, they all begin with R, actually, I've only realised that too. Um, sweet, cool, can we spaff now? Age of Empires 4. <laughs> I don't give a shit, let's okay, spaff. Let's, let's just spaff. There we go, right. I, I've never owned a Forza game, but... My God, do I want to go and own a Forza game now? This looked like I know it is literally console launch 101. Get your best and prettiest driving game on there, ASAP. Because everyone knows what a car looks like, and that makes it easy to understand how good the graphics are now on the new console. But sweet Jesus, this looked good. Now you understand why I put Horizon 4 on the best of the decade. Yeah, yeah, I get it now. I get it. Fuck me, this looks great. <laughs> Genuinely, in terms of like games that I actually called this one on Twitter, I said I reckon we'll see Forza Horizon Five, and we did. But like they they gave more time to this game than they did pretty much anything else. I think it was only really rivaled in terms of uh, demo time with Halo, and for good fucking reason they've they've chosen. I mean, I, I will never get over the fact that this looks like the better game than four and four was set in england and that was cool uh but like this is set in mexico which means the terrain is more um varied there is jungles deserts cities all kinds of stuff mountains an active volcano the graphics are off the fucking charts there's gonna be extreme weather conditions like the volcano fucking erupts there's gonna be sandstorms oh man man it looks really good like Genuinely, it was the other than the Halo demo. This is the one that like floored me a little bit. Of like, oh my god! And we are only just starting on this generation. It looks that good. Um, they announced like they're doing. I'm guessing it's like a bit like GTA, so uh, Gran Turismo, where you have the numbered sequels, and they will also do occasion do a spin-off. So they said Forza Motorsport is coming later on. So that's going to even look better than this somehow. True, but it's a car wankery game for car wankers it's like right, this okay. is like not a fun racing game no th- this is like this is the logical conclusion of burnout um it, right okay. well certainly burnout paradise anyway this is what it feels the most like um right and yeah it's just fucking fun it's just so fun like i i get why people like photo for some most support and gran turismo but this is the kind of racing game i want to play Oh yeah, I wouldn't dare touch those games with a six foot barge fold, but I mean I've I've been I've been trying to find a good need for speed game for well, ever since most wanted, in all honesty. Um so again, I have an Xbox One now. I'm in a bit of a slump until uh what is the next game coming out? Oh I completely forgot Skyward Swords coming next month, so it might be that. 
Um, but yeah, I think I might need to go and get for um, Horizon 4 because this looked incredible. Like I, Again, there's not a lot of new ones to it. It's a driving game and they've essentially been the same since 3D graphics were invented. But as a refinement of what a video, like a racing game could be, this looks pretty goddamn untouchable at the second. Yeah, pretty much. There's there's nothing really viable in this. Um, in, in terms of reasons to pick up an Xbox this Christmas, this and Halo, yeah, that's a pretty good wombo combo, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, what if, what has PS4, sorry, PS5 got? Oh, well, Horizon. Yeah, Horizon. Um, but I don't feel that's got the same claim that Halo and Forza have as a tag team. Probably not, but at least Horizon's not happy to compete with Zelda, so that's fine. No, there's that, and plus we know that um, God of War Ragnarok has been delayed now till next year, at mm. the very earliest. So, huh, would it be nice if they were at E3? We might know what their plans were. Um, now, I wanted to bring up the spaff, because I wanted to show that we can get hyped about games, because the one they closed on, Redfall, my lit- only note I read on this is, it's horrible being cynical, isn't it? <laughs> if I was, like, 12... I saw this game, I'd be so excited. But now, as a jaded 30-year-old, I watched that whole thing, all that hype, and just thought, eh, eh, oh, okay, another vampire game, all right. Oh, it's team-based, they're in now, aren't they? And it made me reflective of, like, God, it's horrible being as cynical as you are. Like, you see all these wonderful games that I'm sure most of them are actually quite fun to play. Maybe they're not all masterpieces, but they're still good time-wasters. I can still come away going, eh. So I'm the problem here, I admit that. Like, this is probably going to be quite a fun game to play, but I watched it and just couldn't fight the feeling of, eh, seen it. It was like, that was very much the feeling I had this E3, which was I'm finally at a point in my life where I can afford to buy any game I want. Oh, right. And And yet you don't want to buy any of them. Precisely that. And it doesn't help that we're going more towards the subscription model. I mean, Redfall is also going to be on Game Pass because it's an Xbox-owned game. So, cool, I will get to play it. But, like, I can't get excited about it. The the, the weird thing about it is that Back for Blood is also coming day one on the Game Pass. I'm still going to buy it on PS5 because I'm that fucking excited for that game. I was looking at Redfall and I go, all of the pieces for games that I like are here. They've got, you know, the four-player cooperative shooter, dope. Cool helper robots, I like it. Superpowers, I love those. And fighting supernatural horrors with a retro aesthetic. Yeah, I like all of those things. I could not tell you how Redfall is going to play because A, no gameplay, no hype. And B, I don't think I'm going to bother playing it, which sounds shit horrible isn't it like that we've become the thing we always vow to destroy in that most of the games i buy are from franchises i know i'm going to like and that's why we get so many sequels and like seeing something like this now again it's on xbox and you know this is definitely gonna be on series x and not xbox one as far as i can tell so it's it's not gonna be something i'm gonna play unless i win an xbox so maybe that's got something to do with it. If this was at the end of like a Sony conference, I might be more switched on. But yeah, we're the problem here, people. It's nothing to do with this game. I'm sure it's going to be very fun, but I just couldn't. 
Oh, I couldn't I couldn't get excited for it. Yeah, it's a new IP as well, and it's like from a studio that people like. Arcane are made up of ex-Valve devs, so they know what they're doing, and Dishonored was good. And it's just like, I can't get excited for it. I, I look at this, and I, I, the question that comes to mind is, what is it the Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon did that got me invested a year ago, two years ago, hmm. that isn't here? And I just don't know what it is. And I'm confused. I'm really fucking confused. Is it quirky characters? Like, because that's not really what's at play in Horizon and Goshishima, but maybe that, that everyone's trying to be snarky and funny. It's like, oh, do I really want to play a game as four fucking... What if Chandler Bing was a vampire slayer? I don't know if I'm into that now. maybe like, that's it like there's like we've now gone past the point of games being self-referential and quirky we now we're looking for games that are that are more like earnest cinematic experiences because ghost of tsushima was not a funny game but good no. god was it good right like maybe again it's a lack of gameplay because at the moment we only have the characters and the kind of world they're setting up to go off of and that wasn't really... It wasn't helped by the fact they were playing the song from Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, you really want these characters to have that type of vibe, don't you? Like a dysfunctional family unit, kind of. That probably didn't help matters, but... Yeah, no. Um, so, um, like I said, I think Ubisoft had the most consistent one. This one probably had, like... It was a bit more peaks and trophy for me. Like, I think Horizon uh, 5... Also, Horizon 5 was maybe the standout, like genuinely blew me away and made a lasting impression on me but i wasn't expecting um and it set up a lot of big things for the future of xbox like you know getting starfields as an exclusive and um all that jazz and halo infinite as well but i, I just sometimes this like for the fact i've even forgotten games that you were mentioning there have completely wiped from my memory i'd have to probably give this probably the mm, is it bronze or is it silver for me hmm I'll come back to that once we've discussed the Nintendo one. That's Because, uh, spoiler alert, I haven't seen Capcom or Square Enix this conference, so Mike's going to be talking for a while. Yeah, we're going to we'll do very quickly. Don't worry about it. I, I think variety was key when it came to Xbox, and it's paid off because I feel like they've gotten the most amount of eyes on, on the most amount of games. I, I think that really worked. Yeah. But, you know, like you say, I, I feel like there was the, the tropes just creeping in there especially with redfall at the end with the quirky guardian style characters so i suppose it's fitting then that square enix kicked off with an actual fucking guardians of the galaxy game now this i like this i did like and no one saw this coming this is not something that leaked this is not something that anybody thought they were going to make it just looks fucking cool it's a it's a it's a single player third person shooter it's got fucking team mechanics you can call out the other four guard it's got the fucking thing from the telltale games where like rocket will remember that comes up uh i mean you know i'm a fucking whore darren do you want to do you want to do it we get it michael you like guardians of the galaxy you knew i was gonna like this game and then the mad mm -hmm. bastards had to fucking put right at the end pre-order now when you get star lord's original costume it's like okay i don't <laughs> like pre-orders but i'll do us i'm fucking told yeah yeah this is great this feels like more so than the avengers game this feels like the second step in the ngu yeah after spider-man i think because avengers has fallen so hard in its fucking ass i think they might 
scrub that from canon a little bit and go, oh, no, that was that was a thing, but that was a live service game. The only canon MGU games are Spider-Man and this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game, proper narrative-driven games. Great, fantastic. It means I don't have to pay any attention to the Avengers. Yeah, makes makes sense to me. Uh, speaking of, they did also show Avengers Black Panther DLC, but we're not going to be talking about it because it's dross. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, really want to play that game. It's coming out in October, uh, which is coming means it's coming. Oh, wow, out. really? Yeah, seriously. So it's coming out the same month as Back for Blood. So fuck's sake, <laughs> I can never oh, enjoy something. You know, this is yeah. the the Zelda Horizon thing for me. It's like that thing yeah, I really I, love I get that. and the new thing I want. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I uh Well to be fair, I well I was expecting they would delay Lego Star Wars till October, but it was completely conspicuous by his absence. Basically the three games I was looking probably the most forward to getting some updates on, which was Gotham Gotham Knights, the Harry Potter game and Lego Star Wars, Warner Brothers didn't mention, spent their whole half an hour talking about Back for Blood. So that's a bit irritating, um, but no, I, I feel your pain. Um, I actually have, from what I can remember, I have a relatively three um, back half of this year because um, I think I'm going to delay Horizon until I get a PS5. So this is, I can properly indulge in this game when it comes out. Yeah, hopefully so, because it just, it just looks right. Everyone's complaining. Why can't I play as all the other Guardians? Like, well, if you could play as all the other Guardians, it would be Avengers, wouldn't it? And nobody yes. liked that. So no. fucking get your shit together, play as the goddamn Star-Lord, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's the easiest to adapt to a video game just because of his movement options. Mm. I feel like you could do Rocky as well because he also has a jetpack and can fly. So maybe they do like... He- I feel like if they're going to do DLC, you'll be playing as Rocket, But... Yeah, I, I get it. You want to hang out with these characters and maybe having a little bit of leniency over who you could play with. Not necessarily that you can play as all five in every single mission, but say it was more... Well, I know the demo I played of the Avengers was kind of like this, where you were both Hulk and Miss Marvel and you could choose between them. Mm. If it's something like that, but not a live service, um, so narratively there was reasons for you know these two characters to be on this mission by themselves, and they, you, know, you could then set the level up to complement each um, character's game style as opposed to just having to build levels that suit all the disparate play styles, which is Avengers fucking killer heel Achilles heel even um, I'd be down for that, but yeah, if you're going to just pick one, I think I'm happy with it just being a Star-Lord game. Yeah, I'm very happy with that I think that this God. is like that's all the right decisions that Avengers didn't make so I'm very happy with that. Yeah don't you wish you could go back to 2008, Michael, and tell him not only are the Guardians of the Galaxy movies going to be phenomenal, you will eventually get a Guardians of the Galaxy game. God, that would that would have blown like teenage Mike's tiny little band. Uh-huh. Would have uh, really done some damage to me because uh, <laughs> we're you know we're we're living in my future. Let's be real. I mean, we, we're not living entirely in my future, but we'll get to that. Um, Legends of Mana. Um, that's coming out in a couple of weeks, actually. I don't care. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Hitman Snipers, uh, that's a thing. Certainly looks like a mobile game, because it definitely is. Um, Near Incarnation, uh, certainly looks like a mobile game, because it definitely is. 
Uh, Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. Looks like a uh, Fortnite clone, because it definitely is. Can you see a trend here with uh, Square Enix's conference? Outside of the like the 20, 25 minutes they game to the, uh, the Guardians game. Hmm. Not a lot of stuff to show off. They did try and show off Platinum's game's new big thing, Babylon's Fall. Fuck me, does that look dull. <laughs> like, it looks really bad. <laughs> it looks really fucking bad. I like Platinum Games as well. Like Platinum Games are the Bayonetta people, so they know what they're doing. Ah, right, okay. Um, but fuck me, this looks dreadful. And of course, crafting will be a big focus. And of course, character customization will be a big focus because it's probably going to be a fucking live service. In fact, no, they confirmed it's definitely going to be a live service. So no hype whatsoever. Go fuck yourself, Babylon's Fall. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors. Did you play a Life is Strange game? Again, Michael, come on. Yeah, I suppose Think it is too hip, twee and hipstery for you. Uh-huh. No, I did not, because it did look incredibly twee and hipster. Well, the, this new one, you're literally playing as somebody who is an empath, so it could not be more twee and hipstery. Uh, literally, but how, how will I solve people's problems with their feelings? Oh, boy. Um, I'm not going to play it. I'll be real with you. I even played Life is Strange, the original, and quite liked it. But this is too much for me, man. It's 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 too like not only is uh, we um, when we get older we are getting more disparaging when it comes to video games. We're also not staying cool anymore. Like we're not even going to be like, oh, but these artistic games with a really deep story. It's like, nah, just put a fucking robot in it. I don't care anymore. I just want to play things with robots in them. <laughs> At least you could pretend to once be like a bit of an old chore and give a shit about slightly artistic games. That was never ever a problem for Dan. <laughs> I was never I was never chasing that high. I think Cooler World was the most abstract arty game I ever played. Oh yeah. So, Cooler World 2 update yeah. by the way not was not revealed at uh, at E3. Cowards. I agree. Total cowards. Um absolutely. I mean, they did do Super Monkey Ball which did for a split second make me think, well this is kind of like Cooler World but no. No. Cooler World or nothing. <laughs> is Cooler World 2 been announced yet? No. Put me back in. <laughs> uh, Square Enix conference finished off with um, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin it is a Final Fantasy prequel I think it's meant to be like the like first canonical even though none of the games are even vaguely connected thing where a man in a shirt surrounded by people who are dressed in fantasy armor tries to destroy chaos itself and just screams the word chaos and over and over and over again. Um, it's not even been made by Square Enix directly. It's been developed by uh, Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo. So you can expect something halfway between Dynasty Warriors and Ninja Gaiden. Um, they actually launched... Like, it's not coming out until late 2022, but they actually launched a PS5 demo um, it doesn't work. Like, you physically can't <laughs> launch it. It's broken. <laughs> they put it out wow. there. They were like, that was like their big thing. Like, demo out today. Uh, the file's corrupted and they haven't fixed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Looking good, Square. Looking real good. Um, like, sorry, go on. Sorry. So they didn't mention anything about when they planned to get around to, you know, releasing the rest of the Final Fantasy VII remake? Oh, why would they fucking do that? They can pass that out for the next ten years and you'll still buy it. So, you know. God. 
This is just going to become Sonic the Hedgehog 4, isn't it? Oh, don't say that. No one needs to. Well, we made the first special. episode. What more do you want? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I actually said it on the podcast, but I did. Genuinely, everyone tells me the best JRPG ever, ever is Final Fantasy VII. Give it a go. I think I got about halfway through the first bit and gave up. I say the first bit, I mean the first half of the game. I got to that point and kept dying and not having fun. So I gave up. So you can't say I don't try occasionally. You, you do try occasionally. It's not very often you do, so I appreciate you trying. Um, Thank you. I'm going to sum up Capcom's E3 in one sentence. It's shit you've all seen before. <sighs> Literally, See... it was like they showed Resident Evil 8 and said, thanks for buying Resident Evil 8. We're now going to make DLC. And that's it. Lovely. They showed... Well... Oh, sorry, go on. So this thing, it's a kind of general point about E3. I'm coming away from this, like, a little bit disappointed, but I in no way, shape, or form blame the people that were at E3 for that. Like, we were all hoping for this to be the big resurgent year, but I honestly think that will actually be next year. Because, like, COVID has completely fucked Hollywood over. But I imagine it's even worse for video game developers. To, to try and move to a work-from-home model as a video game developer, I think he's, like, next to impossible. Um, just because you just... You, it's so much more necessary to have everyone kind of in the same place to make those things worse. So I'm not coming away... I'm going away a bit sad, but not, like, angry at the lack of new things that we saw. Just because I imagine, you know, all being well, we would have seen a lot of new things, but they're just not ready yet. So I, I, I'm a lot more sympathetic towards them... Most of the conferences being made up of, well, here's new DLC for old stuff, stuff you already cut new, or a very, very quick tease for something happening far, far in the future. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I just wish people would call dibs on the fucking trailer so I don't have to watch the same trailer three times over an E3. Fair point. Because <laughs> that's all Capcom was. It was uh, It's the Monster Hunter Stories trailer that we later got in Nintendo. It's the Monster Hunter Rise update that Nintendo already announced. And it was the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which they already announced a few weeks before. And then it ended. Um, I'm going to give Gearbox a sentence. The Borderlands movie won't be very good. Moving on. Oh, did they have the trailer? Nope, of course they didn't. They had behind-the-scenes ah. footage, and it was... A good 20 minutes of their half an hour, um, wherein they actually blurred people on set who were in costume so they could save it for the fucking trailer. Dope. Yep, sure did love that. Sure was a waste of <laughs> half an hour of my life. Let's get on to Nintendo. So, real quick. So, you know they had that section in the Ubisoft uh, conference about their TV and movies? Oh, yeah. They're doing Assassin's Creed as a Netflix series. A live-action Netflix series. Oh, 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 no, oh, no. Eh. Like, I know the, I know the film. <laughs> Will we get another rant out of it? I See, I don't know, because I think hopefully they've learnt their lesson and realised just how, how sockingly shit that fucking film was and that they're actually going to try again in a different way on Netflix. I actually have higher hopes for that. Why the hell would you not mention that in your video and t sorry, TV and movie section of your conference? Like, you instead chose to do two properties, one of which isn't based on a video game and one of which is based on a video game no one played. Why on earth would you not at least mention that, oh, by the way, we're doing an, an Assassin's Creed series with Netflix? That seems 
Yeah, it's quite it's quite big. Also, are you not worried about the Mario movie? Yeah, kind of. I've <laughs> uh... seen nothing. <laughs> When's that, next year? I don't fucking know. They'll probably push that back as well because Miyamoto was busy with something. I don't know. Yeah, I imagine. But no, I'm yeah, I'm still a bit worried. But like, I like Mario, but my I'm not tied to that mast in terms of it being brilliant and everything it does. Like, if it was the Zelda movie, then then I'd be worried. Yeah. But I don't. Trying to guess Nintendo business practices is maybe the hardest thing in the world, and I really hope someone one day writes their PhD on it, because we're about to get into a whole bunch of fucking baffling questions about their business practices. <laughs> uh, let's start with the biggest disappointment. No, it isn't. It isn't the biggest disappointment, because I, once upon a time, in an article that you can read on Foul Entertainment, called this... Sort of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, I said multiple times that we would get a Namco Bandai representative in the Smash DLC. I even said it would be Jin at one point. Mm. I was partially right. Yeah, so they opened with... It was actually quite clever how they did this. So the, the opening cinematic for the reveal of this Tekken character was um, someone carrying, like, a knocked-out Ganondorf over a cliff. And it was obviously shot to somewhat appear like the Ganondorf we saw slumped over in the first Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. Mm. Obviously, it wasn't him, because it was... It was um, Ocarina of Time Ganondorf. Gan- it was Ocarina of Time Ganondorf, yeah. So I was like, for a split second, I was like, wait, are they showing how he died in the Breath of the Wild universe? And, how he's... and then we can jump forward to him being resurrected. But then he got chucked off a cliff, and I went... Wait, this is far too Tekken. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, Kazuya Mishima's coming to Smash Bros, which is a, it's a, it's an odd choice, but it's a welcome choice. I wonder what, like, decision making went into picking Kazuya as the guy. Like, because I don't think he'd even necessarily be my top five choices. For Tekken characters. I mean, he was the poster child for Tekken 1 and 2, so he does appeal to a retro crowd, I guess. He does, but I don't think that's who's buying Smash Bros. You know what I mean? Like, any, like, but, so, Hechoi is the obvious one, but he was in PlayStation All-Stars. I don't know why that would really matter all that much, because who remembers that goddamn game, and it was at least, it's at least 10 years old now, I would have thought, so... I feel like worrying that you're, you know, stomping on that game's toes, which never got a sequel, is kind of past now. And instead, he's relegated to a background character. For a split second, I thought he was going to be an Echo Fighter, which make a lot more sense, mm. but no. Then I thought, okay, you know what, Hejai, then Jin. He has the same power set. He can turn into the devil like Kasuya can here. And he has been the protagonist of the Tekken series ever since Tekken 3 and wasn't in the PlayStation game. No. Okay, Yoshimitsu has a sword. Japanese. That feels like the only criteria you need sometimes to get into a Smash Bros game. Yeah, and moreover appears in Soul Calibur. And, and, yeah, no, Soul Calibur and the other one. He's in another fighting game, isn't he? So it would have made sense for him to be in other fighting games. He's wacky. I feel like he's got an easier power set to move on to Smash moves, but no. I'm like, okay, King... Everyone likes King. Get him in there. Because then I'd, even I'd be forced to buy the the, um, the DLC at that point if my boy King was in there. But no. Uh, okay, then Kazuya. Don't get me wrong. 
I'm excited. This is the first DLC character I've been properly excited for in my... Is there a way to buy individual characters, or have you got to buy the Yeah, no, you can buy them. I think it's £7 a pop. Happy days. That's the first one I've ever legitimately gone, wow, it's it's teching, isn't it? I need to support that. Um, But yeah, an odd choice, but a welcome choice. And I did appreciate that his final smash does just appear to be the end of Tekken 1. (laughs) Yeah, or the trailer where... um, What I loved is that everybody he threw off the cliff in the trailer then didn't get any new game announcements. No. <laughs> that was beautiful poetry. Wonderful. I mean, the, the, the Kirby one was funny, of him chucking Kirby off and Kirby just jumping back up onto the cliff. <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I'm mad only because it's not Crash, and that really felt like Last Chance Saloon for Crash. But there's still one more to go. I don't see being Crash. I, I think your last one is going to be a big first-party rep because I think they're going to need right. something to, like... To end, because they've not been talking... If they were going to say, we're doing a third fighter's pass, it would have been here. Yeah. And they didn't. So I think there is one character left, and then Smash Brothers Ultimate is in the books. It is finished. Right. I don't think Crash is that character. I think Crash is is, is a banjo type. He's a mid-pack E3 announcement. For a Western audience as opposed to a predominantly more Japanese-focused audience. Precisely. So their, and realistically, mm. their their final announcements have always been a bit shit. So, so Crash just. Yeah, who is the first fighter pass? Um, Byleth, which everybody hates. Oh Christ! Yeah. End of the uh-huh. base game was Incineroar, which wasn't as hype as um, K. Rule or Ridley or. The Inkling no. or Simon Belmont. It was fucking Incineroar. And then you look at the end of um, the end of the game previous, and the end of that DLC was Bayonetta. After ju- directly after they'd had Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Right. So okay. they never finished strong. So so Crash would be the ultimate strong finish, and that's a complete. That is that is then the defining fucking game. But like they won't do that. So, so crash ain't in. So never mind. I mean, that does mean it could be Waluigi. Never let that flame of hope die. <laughs> I, I actually saw somebody have a theory that it might be the four champions from Breath of the Wild and do it like a Pokemon trainer style where you can just switch between them. Mm, I think if the champions were going to be in Breath of the Wild too, I'd be behind that theory. But I, mm. I don't see it happening. I think it's going to be someone far more disappointing. I'm just not sure who at the minute. Uh, I'm trying to think what they announced in this series, that in this direct that could do it, but there was no Project Triangle strategy, so... Oh well. I mean, you know, what's the point of turning up if you haven't got more Project Triangle strategy? <laughs> Why even bother? Um, right, now my next note is on metroid but i don't think that was the next game they showed up. well quickly reel through so we can get to it so they showed okay. life is strange again they showed guardians of the galaxy again they showed a really poor port of worms rumble <laughs> um they showed two point campus which actually been shown off a couple of times previously this e3 but it's from the same makers of two point hospital which is really fucking good so that's awesome uh that's when they showed monkey ball as well yeah, like, the big hype of, oh, it's the 20th anniversary of Super Monkey Ball. And they had to pretend for five minutes, like, Super Monkey Ball has been relevant for more than two of those 20 years, <laughs> charitably. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Who gives a shit about Super Monkey Ball? <laughs> oh, God. That, this and, like, the Mario Party Super Collection, or whatever the fuck it's called. Superstars, that's it. Mario Party Superstars. It was like, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's gone, oh, sweet, can't wait to pick that up for the kids. And, um, yeah, that's about as much as people are thinking about those games. Like, a new uh-huh. a new actual Mario Party, after they did Super Mario Party, would have been interesting. But just doing the, the Switch version of the Mario Party, the top 100 mini games from 3DS is bollocks. And why do they waste so much time on it? Like I said, I'm going to keep bringing it back up. Trying to guess Nintendo business practices is the hardest thing to do in all of gaming. Um, which, oh boy, I'm going to go off later. Yep. So Metroid. Yep. So... They kind of did what they did at the, the last Direct where they came in and said, you're expecting Breath of the Wild 2, aren't you? It's not ready yet, so no. <laughs> and they did the same thing here of, you're expecting Metroid Prime 4, aren't you? It's not ready yet, so no. And But the, unlike that one, they actually did have something in the barrel. It had basically been leaked beforehand that it was coming, yeah. but we get a new 2D Metroid, uh, Metroid Dread, uh, which looked great like i don't did you play samus return i didn't but i heard nothing but good things it was good but you could tell the 3ds was creaking mm. like that it was the 3ds was holding back that game from what it could be so this coming to the switch is nothing but good news and it visually looks different like the introduction of like more robot enemies as opposed to like always being alien stuff i think will help it stand out from that last game otherwise it looks basically the same it's a very pretty 2d metroid but um yeah some of the the style choices and some of the new pairs they showed off means it's going to be nicely refreshed and i just do think just the fact that it's on a much more powerful console is going to help it knowing oh 100 i think we needed something like this as well because the problem with the mainline metroid series now even if you play the remakes currently you would have to play in order, through Metroids 1 through 5, you would have to play a Game Boy Advance game, then a Nintendo 3DS game, then another Game Boy Advance game. Then I believe it... Oh, wait, no, hang on. Sorry, so they remade Metroid 1 as Metroid Zero Mission, and I'm sure that was Game Boy Advance. Then Metroid 2 is Samus Returns, which they remade on the 3DS. Then it's Super Metroid, so it's a SNES game. <laughs> then it's... Metroid Fusion, which is another Game Boy Advance game, and now Metroid Red. So there's 19 years between Metroid 4 and Metroid 5. Jesus Fucking God. hell. <laughs> but I see, I haven't played those. Um, the first 2D Metroid game I played was Samus Returns. I don't feel like I missed out on anything story-wise. It felt pretty contained. I mean, it's not aiming to be much more than, oh no, the Metroids have got loose. So... I don't think that's going to be too much of a, a problem. I'd wet your whistle with Samus Returns because that gameplay style isn't for everybody. Mm. Like I remember, do like occasionally getting quite frustrated with that game. Um, it's got some real up and down difficulty spikes, but I enjoyed my time with it, so I am quite looking forward to this. And I think when did they say it was? Did they say when it was? They coming? did the eighth of October this year. Damn. Okay. Cool. That's sooner than I thought it was going to be. 
yeah, no, I'm very happy with that. Uh, we had to watch Just Dance 2 again, and uh, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot's also coming to Switch. It's been available for, I think, about 18 months on other platforms now. Looks looks fine. I like Dragon Ball Z, but I'm not buying it on the Switch if I'm going to play it anywhere. Um, then we had, like, Mario Golf Super Rush, which looks... It's a fucking Mario Golf game, isn't it? Like, it'll be fine for what it is. Well, there was a bit where it did genuinely look like Ho-Ho had turned up and was just firebombing Mario. <laughs> and I texted that to you and you texted back saying, you think I was paying attention during the golf section? <laughs> I was like, yeah, fair enough, should have guessed that. Uh, nor do I blame you. Like, yeah, it's a fun Mario spin on golf. I'm like, are the kids into golf games? I don't bloody like, know. Yeah. I don't really know. Once again, what are you doing, Nintendo? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to get in the minds of some of their decision-making. I'd love to be a fly on the wall sometimes about why they really, really seem to make them make their jobs harder for themselves. Mm. It's uh, it, For every good decision they've made in this direct, it feels like three or four really, really questionable decisions. So, like, for every Metroid Dread, they had fucking Super Monkey Ball and then Monster mm. Hunter being shown again. Well, we don't need to be reminded that Monster Hunter exists. It's literally never been more popular. And then they bring out WarioWare. It's like a game that people have actually genuinely been waiting for a new one. And it's it looks really drastically different compared to previous WarioWares as well. Awesome. It does? Yeah, it, it kind of does. Um, mainly because it looks like you're, you're kind of pushing characters from the WarioWare series with your gyro pointer. Which hasn't right. been done before, but you think about the WarioWare games, they've mostly been on um, handheld platforms. So as far back as Game Boy Advance, but they had the most titles on the DS. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the WarioWare games, I think they're pretty good. But like, yeah, yeah this looks weird, even by WarioWare standards. Like, we finally gave you new WarioWare, and it looks very odd. Like, very, very odd. It's the first time there's actually been proper two player. Like you right. used to be able to have like like I remember the one on the Wii, and you had to pass it between people, in the games, like the controllers had to be go round the room, which made no fucking sense. Mm-mm. But this one's got proper, you've got two players on each of the micro games, so I like that a lot. But like, it still looks a bit weird, even though it looks quite good. It still looks a bit weird. Is that not the point of WarioWare? I guess it kind of is, but. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Then Darren went for a sleep because Shin Megami Tensei 5 came on. Oh, sweet Jesus Christ, Michael. Because <laughs> uh, you were banging on about SMTV and I genuinely had no idea what you were talking about. Had I known it was Shin Megami Tensei 5, uh, I wouldn't have bothered doing some fun on Twitter because I should no way, shape or form be encouraging anyone to look at what the hell this thing was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, to be honest, I had actually looked away for a second. I thought it was just Monster Hunter Stories trailer was still carrying on. <laughs> oh, God. No, it's... um, This game technically is the spawn of the Persona series, but even ne- now, like, oh. I think I could confidently call this Persona's drearier fucking cousin. <laughs> I know that the Shumagami Tensei series is very important, especially in Japan, but, like, Persona is, like multi-platinum selling now like the spin-off does better than the core series just put it to bed lads like even i don't want to play it 
Oh, God. Okay, that's saying something you don't want to pay. Isn't that one that also came later in the direct with, like, a weird demon bearer persona ripoff? Oh, no, that can fuck off, Danganronpa. It's a fucking what? visual novel. What What the fuck was that? Looked even worse than fucking SMTV Live did. Like, I was... That was in there baffled. for the Japanese audiences, for sure. Because Danganronpa's, like, it, it's got multiple games and multiple anime series in Japan. Like, it's what? super popular. What? 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 What is it? It's a, ga- it's a game where, like, anime school children, which means literally any, any anime character, get thrust into, like, <laughs> a, a thing where they have to, like, find out who's killing all of them. And, right, and then there's this weird half and half bear that's like the judge, I guess. It's fucking weird. I, I don't so, jam with it. That level of confusion and not jamming with that specific one is how I feel about all of these Japanese RPGs. I, I'm, I'm not racist. It's I don't think it's just because it's from Japan, but I just any of them come on and I immediately switch off because I'm like I don't get what the appeal is here. Comes to something. Even, maybe it's. I, I put it down to I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z when I was a kid, which is the gateway drug to all of this business. Oh yeah, I didn't watch that, and I think I've never recovered from that. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, it comes to something where I played the um, the fucking Fatal Frame game before I play that, because I don't like horror games, but I would play oh, the Fatal Frame game before that. Yeah, oh, the only way you can ward them off is with your magical camera. Oh. Have you not played a Fatal Frame game before? Of course I haven't played a Fatal... I don't play horror games, no matter where they're from. Do you think I'd play a JRPG the horror game with magical cameras? It's fucking spooky. You can't see the ghost until you bring the camera up and it's like full screen. It, it properly scares the shit out of you, but it is good. They are well-made games. Um, we had to bear more Mario and Rabbids. That, that uh. was a treat for everybody. Um, and then, again... I will never understand what what their fucking business strategy is. Um, they've remade Advance Wars 1 and 2 for the Switch. This is excellent news. I have always wanted to play Advance Wars. I just never got round to it when I had a, a Game Boy Advance. So I, I'm probably going to buy this. Like, I've always feel like I would jam with, like, this type of, like, tactical war game. But whenever my brother's tried to explain Civ to me, I've just... Oh my god, it's like he's reading out the instructions to build a fucking like rocket. I'm like, that. Yeah, I'm no. Like, that, that, no, this no, no, no. I need. It's sim- easier to simplified, understand. Yeah, simplified Nintendo strategy game. I can get on board with that. Um, so, real quick before we talk about that, there was something that also spoke to my cynicism that came in like the kind of um, trailer montage they did. There's something called the Strange Brigade. Oh, yeah. That was like a kind of four-person actiony game, but it was Egyptian mythology, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, you don't usually do um, Egyptian mythology. It's usually, it's almost always Greek, and then if it's not Greek, it's Norse." So I was like, "Ooh," but then I realised I've never heard of this, and it's been dropped on the eShop today. I'm like, "Those aren't great signs." So <laughs> no, and then it was a third-person shooter. <laughs> yeah, so my interest rose and uh, dove there pretty quickly um, but so yeah Advanced Wars looks cool I thought we were going to get a new one but I guess they've got to reintroduce the IP because like it literally died on its arse after the Game Boy Advance right 
pretty much yeah i think they had one more title in japan but that was it but one and two were like worldwide hits they were really well received cool yeah i I, they were like i remember them getting like stupidly good reviews and that was part of the reason i wanted to play them but yeah i'm getting that second chance now which is excellent and it's out december 3rd so it's a nice christmas pickup yeah um i'll probably wait i was about to say i'll probably wait till it comes to any price it's a nintendo game they don't do that um but I'm sure I will find some point over the first few months of next year whilst we're waiting for literally anything else to come out to join, uh, to get on on this one. Mm. So so we can get to it now, can't we? Oh, Michael. The reason you're all here. So, they, there's been rumours all week that they were going to do something for the Zelda 35 year anniversary. They certainly did say that was going to happen. They did. It was clear they were leaving it for the end because we were like, well, they're, they're not going to, they're clearly not doing Bayonetta 3. They've only got 10 minutes left, so it's definitely not the heavily rumoured and basically confirmed at this point Nintendo Switch Pro. Um, there's, they've already mentioned Metroid, so it's not that. And I'm like, well, it's going to have to be Zelda, right? They can't ignore it again. Oh, boy. Okay, so there is some good stuff here. There it's is. Not all bad. There is. But so I was convinced, and I shouldn't have been, but I was convinced they were going to say maybe not as a physical release, but they were at least going to go on top of Skyward Sword HD, the Wii U remakes of Wind Waker and um, Twilight Princess are on the eShop now, and I would have immediately dropped what I was doing and gone and downloaded Wind Waker and Twilight Princess immediately. Yeah, I am hankering to play those games i'm not buying a wii u but i am hankering to play those games again i thought it's a dead cert like it makes all the sense you've already made them just put them on the e-shop right like that's not going to cost you all that much money i wouldn't afford i'm not a tech genius but i imagine it's not all that difficult to you know take it from being ready for a wii u and then making it ready for a switch i think we also would have would have taken that with um, not that i want to give nintendo a free pass to do this in case they do end up doing it but like okay so previous wii u games have been full you know 40 quid titles like almost nearing 50 quid titles for just a fucking port just do that that's all we yeah. want <laughs> like we just like the the best game of all time is on this system you may as well back end it with the ones you've already recently made to make it an even easier purchase for people. I like Nintendo themselves actively killed the Wii U off, so I don't know why they aren't in a mad rush to get everything that was good on that console over. And they have done that for the most part. Mario Kart 8 ported it. Um, most of the Mario games ported those. It's just those two, and those are the two I want. Just put them on there, and I'll stop talking about the Wii U. I'll never mention it again. Instead, oh, so they did the <laughs> like Skyward Swords coming next month. Um, you can play in handheld mode, so you haven't got to fuck about with you know remote waggle, which is excellent. It's going to be great to play that game as like an adult game, not a joke game for children, but as an adult <laughs> game. I remember when we first played that game at uh, a uh, game fest at the NEC. Oh, yeah. And it hardly worked then. <laughs> no, 
And we thought, oh, it's just all the interference. It wasn't all the interference. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So, that, that coming, I'm genuinely glad that's coming. It's it's the one that's going to be improved most by porting it. You can't really improve on Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. You can make them look slightly prettier. Although, it's only really true for Twilight Princess. Yeah, it's only Wind Waker's, Wind Waker's like, timeless. Yeah, it is. It's still beautiful to this day. So, that... They did that, and I thought, right, and now you're going to come out with and starting today, those are available on the eShop. Well, good news, everybody. Some <laughs> games are coming. Those <laughs> games are Zelda 1, Zelda 2, and the original Link's Awakening from the Game Boy, and they're coming on a limited edition special 35th anniversary version of the fucking Game & Watch. <laughs> and don't you worry, there is a new game on there. It's a game and watch game that they've stuck Link's head onto to, like, whack-a-mole. What is their business decision-making process that they thought, this is how people, actual people, would want to celebrate the 35th? And it's not like they're just holding off until later in the year. The man literally said, we are working on nothing else for the 35th anniversary. There are no more Switch games coming, but we are, because we wanted to put our effort into... A game and watch for the first Zelda, which is an important game and has held up okay. Um, Link's Awakening, which is very forgettable in its original version, and both Oracle of Seasons and Oracle Ages are better. And Zelda 2, which is actively, actively one of the worst games I've ever played. Oh, anger. <laughs> Moreover, they're like, please buy this thing that has a worse version of a game that we sold you for full price a year ago. Exactly. Like, I don't get why are they so obsessed with just constantly reselling all the SNES and NES versions of Zelda to us over and over and over and over and over again, and not the games that people of our generation want to play again. Like, you know, we have money now. We had Zelda back when, you know, we had Wind Waker back when we were like 10, 11, whatever. We would fork out to get to play that game again on HD on a console people actually own, unlike the Wii U. But no, instead, we're getting a game and watch. Isn't that fun, Michael? Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> it makes oh, no oh, fucking sense. I was so angry I forgot they did actually detail some of the um, Horror Warriors DLC, which we thought we were getting for free. No. Turns out not. That uh, that swiftly got undone, didn't it? That was a fun five days, when I believe that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're getting a few new weapons. It looks like we're going to be able to play as a guardian, and Zelda's getting the bike. All right, fine. Um, again, I don't really feel that's the DLC that's going to get me back to Hyrule Warriors. Um, but that's only phase one. Maybe phase two will have more story beats, which is what I wanted Hyrule Warriors for anyway. But alas. Um, so yeah, they can go fuck themselves on that. Uh, to, to, I would understand if they one hadn't done something similar for Mario's 35th birthday. I know Mario is you know more popular than Zelda is, but it's not by a country mile to the point where you wouldn't want to capitalise on this and get the same nostalgia pop and money that you did last time around. And two, to just straight come out and say, oh yeah, we're not working on Switch games because we wanted to give you a game and watch. That's not ingratiating yourself to anybody, is it? Nope. Uh, no, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. If, if and, the, and this is like, I, I messaged you when we were 20 minutes into this 40 minute show and I was like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. looking good, is it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, 
to be fair, they've also broken their streak. This is the first uh, E3 um, since like 2012, 2013 to have no Pokemon in whatsoever. Um, we didn't get an update. I mean, I know it's only remakes that are around the corner, but I would have thought they would have done something about that. Because all the remakes have added new stuff into them. Like, you know, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire adding all the Mega Evolution stuff into it. I thought maybe this would be the one where they're saying Gigantamax is coming to um, Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. That's mm. the right way around, isn't it? Yeah, that's the right one. Yes. I thought it would be that, but no, not even that. So, yeah, it wasn't looking good, but I thought, no, they can't they, they can't finish on Zelda and not give us something. It's been two years. Surely to God you've got a cinematic ready. Unless it was like... Because they've already started setting of like... Well, is it like a Metroid Prime 4 situation? Where they've ballsed up so much that they're going to have to restart. But no. We got a second tease for Breath of the Wild 2. Oh yeah, a cool 60 seconds. I, not a lot. But I, 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 I'll take anything, Michael. I'll take anything. <laughs> um, it's coming next year. That was the only real disappointment of this footage. And we didn't really get much more in trying to piece together what the story is going to be. But... They're expanding it to the sky, which is the most logical thing to do. Skyward Sword, kind of, maybe they're making slightly more sense why they're redoing that game, as it's kind of like a prep for Breath of the Wild 2. Um, it's the most logical way to expand it without actually moving where the game is set. You know what I mean? Like, So you can still go down to Hyrule, and that will still probably large it up the same as it does in the first game, but you've got a lot more um, places to explore. That's quite smart. It does mean the mini Shireen with a good shout of being included because they're technically sky people. That they are, yeah. Um, I, I think what we saw there, well, we saw, we saw to my mind, two confirmations, which is one, you're not playing a Zelda. They yeeted her into a hole. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, how do we get around the problem of people really wanting to play Zelda and us leaving her in a slightly more capable position? Oh, just chuck her in a hole. Okay. Yep, just chuck her in a fucking hole. Done. Uh, and two... We saw the castle, like Hyrule Castle, rise out of the ground in the first teaser, um, and in this this one we also saw that, but accompanied with what looks like parts of the terrain that have been ripped out of Hyrule. So I think what they're actually doing is they're like they're ripping out parts of the map, and then like remixing them in the sky, which I am not against. It sounds that sounds interesting if nothing else, um, and just given the sheer scope of the world in Breath of the Wild. They've got they've got plenty of material to remix there, so that's fine yeah. by me. The other the weird thing was though, is is Link gonna be turning into Ganon? Oh, and I thought of it like that, but like the main difference you see because you you largely seen Link from the back. Uh, he's got long hair now. He has. Sweet. Um, but no, maybe that's oh, and thought of it like that. Because like there's there's three flashes of of the of the Triforce bearers. Link gets puts his hand in some evil gunk, and it shoots up his arm. The same arm which is then like covered in Sheikah tech later on in the trailer. Mm. You see corpse Ganon still being very much a corpse, and then obviously Zelda getting yeeted into a hole. So like they're very much go like they're doing the Majora's Mask thing of this being very much the darker of the two episodes good but like yeah very good but like are they really gonna go like to the creation myth in reverse are, are the three gonna come back together 
I'd be okay with that. That'd be very interesting. Um, and that's kind of the thing about Zelda. Like, because it's cyclical and there's always reincarnations, you could afford to do a big story change like that. Because, and I mean this in a good way for once, it ultimately doesn't matter for the future of the series because then they could just set it again and Link's fine. Like, you could have some interesting ramifications for, like, timeline nerds, but for most people, they don't care. Um, that yeah. includes Nintendo. Um, <laughs> so I mean, wasn't Breath of the Wild canonically the final point of all of the timelines? Yeah, it was a convergence of all previous timelines. It looks like it's most likely set in the Twilight timeline, but uh, it's got elements of all three. So it's them trying to do away with the branch timeline that, again, they themselves chose to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. They dug their own hole and now they've thrown themselves into it alongside Zelda. Um, <laughs> so other things they've shown off. So um, it looks like we're getting some new Sheikah powers, one of which was like a reverse time thing. Cool. Yeah, dope. Um And the other one was like a, an ability to like phase through platforms, which I imagine is a speedrunner's wet dream. <laughs> they, they saw that was it like the 15 minute speed run where they just yeah. jumped against the wall and went well that's a gameplay mechanic now yeah exactly they, they I, I feel like nintendo always try and like they're challenging the speedrunners they're not trying to fight them anymore they're trying to just like up the ante so yeah they, they still that people had basically already unlocked this power if you knew what rock to jump at and how fast to do it until you could already do this to most dungeons <laughs> so they've just legitimized it so it looks less glitchy good idea um and it looks like we're getting um, elemental weapons. At one point, he's got like um, it looks like he's got like an arm cannon, and it's shooting fire at something trying to bite him on the ceiling. So yeah. sweet, we didn't have those in um, in the first Breath of the Wild. So I imagine we'll get like you know the usual. We'll get a fire one. Uh, well, we had we one. had elemental swords in the first, didn't we? We did, yeah, but they weren't like projectile. They could do like a very small like area of effect one, but they couldn't shoot fire at things. So yeah, I imagine we'll get a fire one, an ice one, an electric one. Um, hopefully, this means the hook shot is in with a shot of coming back. I missed that thing. Um, so, cool. But yeah, it, it, it's what I hoped. Like, it's already the greatest game ever made. You don't need to completely rip up the rule book and start again. I kind of was hoping you get to play Zelda. Because it's a direct sequel, I think that would have been nice. But I... I, I I don't know what this trailer would have had to show me to make me either A, worried, or B, not interested in playing this game. This is true. And also, get in the hole. <laughs> yeah, get, get in the hole! <laughs> get in the fucking hole! <laughs> oh, man. I mean, everybody thought Link was going to be a girl when Breath of the Wild was first shown off, and now everyone was yeah, convinced true. we were going to play Zelda. Uh, Nintendo was just like, stares in feudal Japan. <laughs> in like, Imagine. Why would we do that? <laughs> I, I would love nothing more than if your convergent idea is true and they all converge and the resulting thing is Linkle, the ultimate being. Oh, wow. <laughs> Give me that. Um, cool. Right, so that... <sighs> Nintendo. So a lot of it wasn't for me. It's got... They announced games that... like Okay, they didn't announce Breath of the Wild 2, but they showed off things I'm going to be very excited for. Metroid Dread... Um, Kazooie coming to Smash is the first time I'm going to pick up Smash probably in like a year, so good for them. This is the one that had the most games I'm genuinely excited for, but I think I have to give it the bronze medal because 
there just of what was good there wasn't enough like metroid dread was the only thing that really got extended the highlights and they just dropped the ball so hard with zelda stuff again i'm sympathetic because they've had you know a year and a half like no other that they couldn't have predicted that might have covid doesn't exist maybe we do get all those 35th anniversaries things but oh yeah it felt like We'd set themselves up for a little bit of failure anyway. As with most times, we overhyped ourselves for a Nintendo Direct. But, yeah, it wasn't... It it didn't save E3 in any way, shape or form, did it? No, and I'd only overhyped myself for Crash in Smash. That was the only thing I was like, I'm going to get excited for this because I think it could happen and it's the last opportunity. So maybe I set myself up on the, uh, the wrong foot there. But, I mean, you look at it, outside of Advance Wars, Metroid Dread, and the 60 seconds of Breath of the Wild, there wasn't much to write home about. And that's that's the big issue, is that there was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff, and it's the same on a number of the other shows. Plenty to talk about, little to buy. And I wouldn't even mind yeah. if these games, if these announcements were like, look, COVID's been a tough year, so we're just going to, like, we've already, all of the games that we announced this year are going to be DLC. And it's like, we're just going to make cool stuff for the games you already own. And that would have been fine. But it's like, they felt the pressure to get new titles out. And unless they were already, like, nearly done, it doesn't feel like we're going to see any of them. Which, just, you know, I've got to give it to to Microsoft, of all people. Admittedly, they are cheating because they bought most of the competition. Yeah. But they had the greatest variety there and games that are at least consistently coming out this year and next year. Um, Nintendo have got two things worth playing by the end of this year and that's it. And then the rest is just a nebulous void of the future. Um, and then everybody else just didn't didn't bring anything worth talking about, which is just such a shame. Can I make a bold prediction? You can. This was the penultimate E3. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. I think, because it's odd circumstances, but I think unless next year comes out all guns blazing and all the people that didn't show up here or had like very small contributions here, so like, well, most of the game developers other than the five we mentioned and EA comes back, I just don't see... like. I, we'd like it because it's gaming Christmas under normal circumstances. And you get to find about all this stuff in one big go and it's fantastic. It's like the you know the best way to give you for, for gaming news and all that grand stuff. But just looking at it from a cynical marketing point of view, why would you want to spaff all of your big news in one week when everybody else is doing the same? Whereas if you take the what Sony is apparently now doing, don't see them coming back to E3, you can separate out and segment out your news and have more consistent drops of hype for your console all the way through the year you know what i mean you can specifically choose when you announce what games so that you know they have the most impact at the right time for sales which is what this is all about i think this could be the last one like the only way i see that not happening is if next year like i said everything's back to normal we have a blisteringly good hot news um e3 next year and right okay course correction everything's fine e3 will live on whether or not sony comes back to it i don't think they'll care at that point because 
I was thinking, well, would it be safe because Microsoft wouldn't abandon it? But then why wouldn't Microsoft go, well, okay, why won't we just... We've already seen off Sony. Nintendo tends to do their own thing anyway. Why wouldn't we just choose to, you know, get out of the way of all these slightly smaller developers like Ubisoft and Capcoms and just have our own summer thing where we do treat it like a big conference and we do announce a lot of news, but it's only us. In a more digitised world... I could see them doing that. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 horrible. And I don't want it to happen because I like E3 week. I look forward to it every year. But I could see this, especially if next year doesn't do the business for them. This could be... And get, don't get me wrong. That's a bold prediction. This is the penultimate one. Would it massively shock me if this was the last one? I don't think it would. I'd like to think they'd give it one more go under normal circumstances, touch wood. But... I think its days are numbered, and I really don't like saying that, but I also think it's true. I mean, it's it's the law of diminishing returns, isn't it? And, yeah. and to use the and to cap off our discussion, I, th- I just want to go back to the uh, the analogy that you said that this is gaming Christmas. Has their core audience reached the point where it's not the flashy new toy they're looking forward to? It's a comfy pair of socks, you know. It's yeah. we just want the tried and tested things that we know are good. We're not interested in any of the new flashy stuff. We just Would you, just yeah. want things to be good. Like we can't keep cresting that wave. Like you say, when people can, when Sony can like control the news cycle when they do a state of play now, they never used to be able to do that. Now, yeah. now, now their standalone events compete with Nintendo Directs in terms of viewership. That's mental because state of plays exactly. have never been good. And but that no, but that PlayStation Five one where they showed off a bunch of new fucking games that was brilliant. They've still got some refinement to do, and like this thing, EFE was a product of a time where most game journalism, at least early on, was print. It did move on to online, but it was still primarily written down. Like it just videos weren't that common, so you'd have to read about it. And in order to penetrate the the mainstream, you needed everyone to club together to do it. Because video games are still seen as a niche, you know, they're not going to get the same attention that Hollywood does and all that good business. As that kind of ease of use of video has come in, companies are starting to see like, well, if we all band together, yes, we'll get one big week of news, but we're all fighting each other. So video games are in the news, but only one of two of them are going to get named in those big media pieces and really get the attention that those companies will want them on now that the hypodermic needle is available to them where they can just go from point a to point b they don't need to compete with anybody else they can choose exactly when it goes out not just like an arbitrary week in june they can choose exactly what time and place it goes out i understand the business logic of moving over to that it's all about news cycles if sony now come out because I expect this to happen. I don't think we'll get to the end of July without a big state of play coming because they'll want to set out their plans for this year, really nail down their launch order for the rest of the year coming up into Christmas. And they'll wait for the E3 hype to die down, which hasn't been that much because it has been a very quiet E3. I reckon maybe in three weeks' time we'll get a state of play. It won't be an hour long. It'll probably be about 20 to 30 minutes long. It will only have three or four games in there. Maybe a few trailers like some of the indie games that come into the PS Store or something. And I'll just put that out there. And I can't argue with that logic. You then get to piecemeal out. Take that Microsoft conference. If they could bundle it up into, right, we'll have 
a an Xbox showcase anchored by the Halo Infinite stuff they did with a few of things tacked on. We'll then do one for Redfall. We'll then do one for all the Bethesda stuff that's coming. Why would you want to do? Why would you not want to move to that thing now that you don't need everyone to clamour together? Companies are selfish. They don't want to really appear to be part of the big vibrant gaming culture. Um, they're much happier to just be independent companies that happen to work in the same thing. Much in the same way, we don't have the equivalent for other industries. You don't get a film E3 equivalent where you know all the studios come out and announce all their things. It kind of used to be Comic-Con, but that was for a very niche set of films. And even Comic-Con's kind of not going that way anymore. That people are starting to pull out. You know, Marvel didn't really have that much at the last proper Comic-Con, so... I don't mean Sento Dame Beat. I really thought we were going to come into this E3 episode with a lot of energy, but it just it looked like a it looked like a swan song. It looked like the fat ladies look, like warming up, and we're not going to have too many of these left. It's beginning to look a lot like Sega. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! Uh, exactly that. It's it's yeah. It's the Dreamcast, everybody. <laughs> it's the Dreamcast. Maybe the Dreamcast Two will finally have Cooler World Two. <gasps> There's a world somewhere where that happened. <laughs> I want to live. I want to live in that universe. But yeah, I disappointed E3 that I I probably might spell the end. I mean, still stuff to look forward to, but yeah, it didn't make the splash it needed to really fill me with confidence. Really didn't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> 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 sorry um but yeah there's still there's lots of games coming out in the next six months that we now now have pretty concrete deadlines so that's going to be good there's lots to look forward to in the world of gaming it's just e3 might not be one of them for too much longer probably not huh that's e3 done in the books for another year darren and possibly mm-hmm. one of the last years um oh god <laughs> for more hot takes on games you can go and follow me on twitter and instagram and at that might go in for more medium takes on games you can go and follow <laughs> darren on twitter and instagram and at the gut reach if you want to see more horrifying pictures of joey apples uh, <laughs> hey yo i didn't even tell you this real quick aside so the ballad of joey apples um, he was complaining about his game time, so I sold him to Man City. Oh, no. Uh, so Joey Apples no longer plays for me. Uh, also, I got bored of winning everything as the Albion. I won the Champions League five years in a row, which seems likely in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> so I actually quit. I left my job. I won the Premier League and the Champions League in my 12th season. And I'm now in a situation. I, carry, I was England manager. I just won the Euros. I decided to sim ahead two years to win the World Cup. Did that. Now I am getting slight enjoyment, perverse enjoyment, of watching what other managers are doing to my team and how they're selling all my you know, 18-year-old Bosnian wonder kids that I've brought. So I'm in a strange place with football manager at the moment. But oh. yeah, I just wanted to let you know that Joey Apples turned out to be a treacherous moany son of a bitch, so I sold him. Oh no, <laughs> not just Joey Apples turned heel. We didn't expect it. He did. He did. <laughs> he had a big old time. Oh, he just couldn't take it. Bless him. He had to. He had to leave. Oh, for further updates on Joey Apples, a <laughs> treacherous bastard. Uh, keep it tuned to Fallon's Team and Podcasts. That's Fallon T or Fallon T and T Podcasts on Spotify, yeah. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed. And of course, FallonTainment.com for more podcasts and more articles. E3's out of the way. We've just done um, Ryan the Last Dragon next, next week. Loki mm-hmm. is burning on strong. That will be coming soon, as will Black Widow. Yeah. Do you know what we forgot about? What was that? 
There's a new Pixar film in the world on Friday. Oh, Christ, Luke is coming out. On for, uh, for free on Disney Plus, so oh, shit. we'll have a review of that. Uh, in the Heights is also out this Friday as well as we speak to you, so hopefully we'll begin to watch that at some point. Although all the convenient nights for going out, at least in the next two weeks, also happen to have England matches on, so my priorities are split. Um, oops, a doodle. <laughs> a problem you won't have with half of our uh, our presenting cast here. No, no. Are you not even going to watch England versus Scotland for the sheer? Like, anything can happen energy on Friday. Are you not going to play Final Fantasy VII for the anything could happen energy? <laughs> well, you got me there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we've got two, at least two films coming up there that we get to watch. Oh, stuff is finally coming out. It's fantastic. Uh, and yet, like, Skyward Sword HD is not that far away, so we might get to review that. It'd be weird to review that ten years after the first time I played it, but it might be nice to play an adult game for adults. <laughs> adult game for adults that we played when we were children. <laughs> Brilliant. Okie dokie. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of 8 Bittersweet. It's been a long one, but there's been a lot eh, sort of to cover. So thank you for your patience. We will see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody! Bye!